Oh, Jim. Why don't you do date, date, Jim? Please. This is so sad, Jim. Why aren't you competing with Xbox? My life, Jim, my life. I can't do this anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. If you don't do date, date, what else can we do? Uh, I don't know what games we're going to play, Jim. All those exclusive bangers, Jim. I need him. I need him, Jim. This isn't right. This isn't right. Sony, why? Why, Sony, why? Why do you do this to us? Why must you hurt my feelings, Jim? Good morning, beautiful people. (laughs) Guys. Sorry, sorry. Steel was so upset. I was, we, I was were, crying. we were sharing tears together. He hit the live button. Uh, so uh, you guys weren't supposed to see that, obviously. Uh, my fault, uh, my fault, guys. My fault. Um, you're so, <laughs> so upset. I'm, oh, um, we're distraught. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, please, please let me know if our, <laughs> if our audio vibes and everything sound good. Um, I'm listening to it on the back end, um, trying to at least. So definitely let me know if everything's coming through. Um, <laughs> so you already know partially what we're going to talk about today. Um, as I stated last weekend, I kind of wanted to start doing something a little bit different. Um, definitely give you a little bit of a peek behind the curtains. And again, please let me know. Um, and if, if you get a chance, definitely let me know if uh, my volume sound a little off. Well, actually, babe. If you get a chance, can you check um, the stream? Make sure everything's sounding good. Because um, if not, I could turn I could turn some things down. Tim the Sorcerer, what's going on, man? Always on Spotify, live for the first time. Hey, Whoa, we got some Spotify that, love. Welcome. Much love. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for your patience on the on that back end too. I know it's been kind of off and on here and there, um, but I know for sure we've been pretty consistent at least on Spotify. Uh, make sure everything gets uploaded again. I definitely upload, uh, I at least try to within the hour after the show goes uh, goes off. So definitely stay tuned for that. De- greatly appreciate that. For those who don't know, we definitely do post to all audio platforms. Um, so definitely stay on the lookout for that, man. Uh, whether it's on iTunes, Google, um, Spotify, like we're seeing here. Shout out to Tim. Uh, again, check it out on the back end. We're not, we don't always expect for people to be able to check it out live. Again, people have lives. They got things to do, whatever the case may be. Um, maybe you're like me. I, there's a lot of shows that I just can't tune in live to. One, because I can't. It's hard to game. Like I have to literally play specific games. If I want to listen to a podcast at the same time, um, as far as the reason I was like, I jumped back, like I jumped back into Elden Ring. I was like, all right, I'm gonna listen to some podcasts, do some PvP, get some souls up. There's some th- areas I hadn't explored yet. Fucking almost 200 hours into the game, I beat the game. Some other places I still haven't got to yet. It's it's been a great time. Um, but with that being said, again, please let me know if the audio, uh, if the volume sound off and everything, please. Uh, let me know uh, for be both myself and Pong. Um, looks like my audio levels are just a little bit higher than they normally are. Um, and I adjusted some of those things at the back end, but um, are you able to hear it? Is it sound fine? All right. Well, um, Steele's wife is a producer for anybody. She, 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 is, she is our back end. Uh, <laughs> the wife is the back end producer. So. <laughs> 
Uh, she, she's the one who assists everything uh, on the back end. But no. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, with that said, let's introduce. It's a very important episode. It's almost, we're two episodes away from doing this for a year, which is another milestone for us. Because uh, I know one thing we do say here all the time is, oh, yeah, we do things organically, quote unquote. But when we say that, uh, we mean that. A lot of it, we don't, anything that we do here isn't staged, um, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, me and Pong don't get a lot of time to talk during, throughout the week, which we would wish we could have that time. Um, well, I wish we also had more time to jump into Tiny Tina's, which we probably will this weekend. We definitely have to jump back into that. Um, I've just been kind of holding off on that. I haven't progressed any further since the last time we played. So, um, but... Again, have to introduce episode 50 of the Living Split Screen Morning Show with one of your hosts, the amazing and illustrious live, raw, and uncut gentleman himself, Steel. And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I do definitely appreciate you being here this morning, as I always do. Uh, look, you guys are already blowing it up in chat. As you can tell, me and Pong are already in a mood, uh, already in a certain zone uh, from us coming in uh, with the whole Jim Ryan thing and things not being sustainable. And we're gonna. there's a lot of things that were uh, taken out of context in that conversation, which we do want to bring some more context to. Um, and I also want to address some things about Halo and the Halo community, um, because one on one aspect, I'm I'm going to address some, some shit about the show, and again, it's going to be all personal opinions. You take it how you want to take it, um, and then I'm also going to address some shit about the game. So, uh, but we'll talk about that here in a bit. I'm probably going to lead into that for some things I've learned from the community. I'm pretty sure Pong has learned some things from the community this week also. Um, so, and that's probably going to turn into a lot of different things. So, I'm excited for that. Uh, man, it's been a fantastic week. Pong, man. Um, well, actually, before I pass it off to you, brother, I do have to let the people know. I know you see Master Chief kicking some butt in the background. Smitty Smith picked up on it right away. That's awesome. <laughs> I know you see Master Chief whooping some ass in the background today, guys, for the gameplay. And this is Sifu. Um, I had to be the petty gentleman and say that me playing as Sifu just wasn't good enough. Or if that's the gentleman's name, I don't recall. Um, I was I was fighting as Master Chief, and that was satisfactory, satisfactory to me. Um, <laughs> this is on PC. Obviously, it's a mod. Uh, but... Look how great this mod looks, man. It plays fantastic. Shout out to Sifu. Uh I spent some I spent a good amount of time in here. I've I've, I've only put about four to five hours in Sifu. And then I've just kind of been in between my other games. So uh, but definitely check out Sifu if you can. Check it out on PC for sure if you can. They got a lot of different character mods that are super dope, bro. Um so definitely stay on the lookout for that. But it's a good game. Paul, have to pass it off to you. Um, brother from another, as I say, the uncanny gentleman himself, for those who don't know, that is an X-Men reference, uh, to Pong's favorite, and he already got the shirt on, um, what's going on, Pong, how you feeling today, how you feeling this week, what you going, what you, what you got going on, man? Well, number one, Steel, and I dressed this last night on Xbox Ultimate, but number one, um, I want to be known as, from here on out, Genghis Pong, Genghis all right. Pong. So Genghis Pong, in light of my ambitions that I currently have in Crusader Kings Three, 
Okay, so this <laughs> this is important. Uh, this is going to be world domination at its finest. I have already unified Ireland underneath my flag. Uh, and I have my sights set across the way on England, possibly. Maybe okay. we'll just skip over England and we'll go further. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll start a crusade within some other part of the land against the, the, the invaders uh, that seem to want to take me out. But uh, yeah, Crusaders King 3 has awesome. been my life. Look, it is fantastic to be here for episode 50 of the living split screen brother you know how much this has meant since we started this this saturday morning stuff is what i look forward to chat thank you all for showing up for this episode you guys have been incredible and welcoming uh steel and myself into this community with our own show again we don't get to do we don't get to do what we normally want to do like if steel and i had our way we'd be coming to you live raw and uncut in some form or fashion every other day 5 days a week yeah, right at least that, that that's that's how this would be but steel and i we get to do this once and so this is even more special for us because we can't reach out and do this and reach people like we do here only one time a week right that's that's what we do here so right. thank you all for being here i love it look this is the golden age of gaming steel and I have, like, like you talked about, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, the best Borderlands to come out 100%. in a long, long time. And that's coming from a Borderlands fan. And I've seen a lot of Border, Borderlands fan have 100%. that. Borderlands fans have that same sentiment as well. That this is just an awesome, awesome one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't play much of it this week without you, Steel. I saw you kicking butt on Elden Ring with your brother and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I did hop in uh, and and put in maybe a couple hours here or there uh but that was about it I, i'm like i think i'm level 30 now instead of 28 okay, when you okay. and i stopped last so nice um yeah 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 i found a uh uh found a legendary pan as my melee weapon now which is incredible <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a straight up pan That's brother I'm, hit, I'm smacking people around with this pan anyways loving tiny tina's wonderlands i suggest again as we did last week it's got the living split screen seal of approval and so I think that this needs to be spread out there for a lot of people who are on the fence. Go buy Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. It, it's well worth it. If you're a Borderlands fan, go get it, right? There's a lot to play right now, but this is worth your time. Um, otherwise, like I said, Crusader Kings 3, I was hyped for this game and yeah. it has not let me down. I didn't get a chance to play Crusader Kings uh, on PC, but I've heard about it for such a long time. Right. Paradox bringing this to this, to the consoles and allowing me to play it on the controller and putting in the work, the love, the passion to get it to actually be functional on a controller i can't imagine what they did to do that because this is such a deep game but it works and it's so much fun look i've got i've already got huge I, i'm probably maybe 12 hours into this game okay but man oh, you got some time in it actually yeah yeah oh yeah yeah Hell i got yeah. some time into this because it's it's a time sink it's one of those right. games where you feel like you've been playing for an hour but you look at the clock and it's been three. That's right? how I feel That's about how, Elden Ring, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. There are so many games that do this, but this game in particular for me, it, again, it's not for everyone. It's a grand strategy. It's a strategy, a strategy, strategy four X, as Jez likes to call them, right? This is this is something that is not for everybody. However, 
if you love history and you're down for taking the time to actually learn this game, right. there is so much here. Like I said, in the time that I've had, I've got so many stories. I, I gave you one. I gave you some of my stories in the DMs, yeah, bro. Like the other night, like, bro, I'll, I'll give you one of my mistakes. The good news is it's got auto saves. And you can set it up for different time frames of oh, how wow. it okay. saves, right? And you can save at any point too. You can just go in a manual save, which is good. I was I was on my way, right? Formed the Kingdom of Ireland. I unified Ireland. Okay. Brought it back. Okay. The Scott, the Scots still have port, part of the north, but I unified the main part of Ireland. It allowed me to create the king of the, the Irish, the Irish kingdom, right? Right. So I was cool with that, right? I'm on my fourth generation of kings already. Okay. So I was like, all right, cool. We, we finally got this done. It's taken a while, but I'm unifying Ireland. I unify Ireland. I still have this little Scottish portion who, who is actually underneath a queen. Okay. And she's okay. pissing me off. Right. So finally I get to the point where I could declare war on her. Oh, okay? so I'm like, cool. I'm like, cool. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. We're going to take back the Northern part. I'm going right. to get this whole damn Island is going to be mine. So I go in to do this and I start a war with her. Well, I, I can't remember exactly what turn of events happened because there's all these little events that happen. I think something with one of my kids and I had to make a decision with one of my kids on how to, because you could take the kids underneath your wing. You can give them to the queen. You can give the, the kids oh, out God. to, to other people to train. Right? right. And while you're training, while they're underneath your tutelage, these different situations will come up. Some, very mundane situations, but you teach them a lesson, which gives them a trait. Okay. And I think that's what happened. But anyways, if you, if you decide to go a different route, mm -hmm. it'll give you stress, right? Because okay. it, it's, it may be going, you may be teaching them a lesson that's going against your own natural traits, right? So it increases your stress levels. Why well, to increase my stress level and it broke me. Okay. I got to a breaking oh, wow. point. Well, when that happens, you have to make a decision on how you're going to bring your stress levels down, right? Generally speaking, one of those ways, because obviously Ireland is Christian, mm -hmm. right? So I'm I, I, I'm Irish Catholic, right? Okay. Is, 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 is my religion. Okay. One of the ways you do that is by praying to Jesus. Okay. okay. That's normally one of your options. Again, this is straight up history, folks. Like they don't, right. th this nah, is not a video right. game that, that tries to dance around touchy subjects. Okay. No, there's crusades, there's holy wars. Okay. Yeah. It is what it is. So they're flat out giving it to you how it is. One of the options is usually to pray to Jesus. Right. Okay. Okay. So I had been gotten used to that. So when that popped up, because I was worried about the war. Right. right? So when that popped up, I was like, oh, easy. I'll pick. The, the second option, which is always pray, you know, bring down my stress level. Right. I didn't read the full thing. So I clicked that. So I start warring with this queen. Next thing I know, I got the king of England declaring a holy war against me. And I'm like, wait, what? Holy. I'm Wait, we're both. Catholic, what are you doing? Why are you declaring? How are you declaring a holy war? Next thing I know, I got three ships hauling in about 6,000, 7,000 troops onto my little Ireland. I have a total of 3,000, no, like 2,500 troops. I'm already engaged with the queen who's got an equal army. Now I got the king of England rolling in with his troops. I'm like, how did this happen? I'm like, what is going on? 
I go into my stuff. I look at my king. I'm checking out all the stats. I'm like, what the hell happened? I realized that that second option, because my religious points, which you also have to watch, had been too low. The second option was not about praying to Jesus because I didn't have the points to do that. I hadn't kept up. I hadn't kept up my 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 Irish Catholic side of things well enough. It all of a sudden had me switch over to a whole new religion. Steel, I converted. Oh, wow. Bam. I I converted to a religion I had never heard of, and I've studied religions in real life, and I had never heard of this religion before. It had converted me over to this, so now all of a sudden the King of England was declaring a holy war because I had renounced my faith. Bro, that's wild. <laughs> you, you going through some wild things over there. <laughs> that's thank God, thank God, I had a save that wasn't too far back, so I could go ahead and restart that whole scenario over again. Because I was like, that wasn't the way. <laughs> I got demolished. Okay, oh, I got shit. demolished. Uh, oh, so I was shit. like, All right. anyways, that's, that's just a little glimpse. Yeah, that's just a Sounds little deep, glimpse. Man. I had to denounce my brother. I had to denounce my sister. I had to disinherit my brother. I threw my brother into prison the other night because he was coming against me. My sister created a whole nother faction and she was trying to claim because I, because our father had married her off to a different kingdom. Oh, wow. She comes walking in trying to make claims against some of my, 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 uh, my kingdom? counties, oh, my yeah. kingdoms, right. But my counties, individual counties, within that she was trying to make claims against that i had to denounce her i had to throw some of her co-conspirators into prison that's funny to keep myself from not fighting like a two three front war like right so again that's how deep this game gets the tutorial was over two hours long you got to go through the tutorial it only teaches you about 10 to 15 percent of actually what you can do in this game the 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 devs flat out know this, right? right? There's been people online complaining that the tutorial does not teach you enough. The devs have come out and said, look, we're just giving you the basics. If you want to learn about this game, a lot of it is going to be trial and error. There is that's no way about, to, yeah. there's no way to win this game. Okay. And this that's is not the point, right? That's not the point. It's the experience that you're going to have. And they said, look, you're going to get crushed. But if you want to know more, mm-hmm. please, our community on the PC side of things is huge. They are helpful. Go watch YouTube channels. Funny. There is a ton mm-hmm. out there to go find out. But that's what this game is about. But man, just nothing but love for Paradox um, and what they've done by bringing this to console for those it's of really us dope. that do want to get this. It is. And, and again, Paradox is trying their best to become my favorite publisher. Right. I'm not going to say dev, but I will say publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, they are slowly moving up those ranks with what they're trying to do. And there's a rumor steel that came out this week. Okay. What, what, what was it? We've, we've talked about it here, steel. I talked about it here. Shadowrun, one of my oh, favorite yeah, all time yeah. cyberpunk series. Mm-hmm. Look, we found out that um, during the, um, that it's coming to switch, right? The three games that were released on PC paradox is bringing to switch. Well, there was a, there was a leak this week that supposedly shows that they're bringing it out to PlayStation and Xbox as well. And if that happens, Paradox is up there at the top of my publisher list because, bro, if they bring those Shadowrun games, that's going to be another win for me on Xbox. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So anyways, long story short, 
I had to give that little narrative just so people get an idea of what Crusader Kings three is like. If you haven't taken a look at it, mm-hmm. it's in game pass. If you have game pass, check it out. It costs you nothing. Maybe you'll find out that you do like grand strategy games that you do kind of like that kingdom management style mm-hmm. of game. Cause again, it's not boring as some people think there's a lot going on and maybe you'll just enjoy it. There's no risk. Download it, try it out for yourself. But man, I'm having a blast in that game. But like you said, still, you and I are going to get back to Tiny Tina's Wonderlands because I've been craving some looting and some shooting uh, for sure. Because Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is so freaking fantastic. So I can't wait to get back. The other to thing about Crusaders Kings three too, in case people didn't know, um, is come to find out because Pawn was, you know, he was lighting up the DMs talking about the game and everything. It was actually people my interest about it. Um, it's actually co-op yeah. too, man. Uh, like yeah, you can yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, uh, well. I say co-op. Uh, I guess it depends because <laughs> you can have yeah. a fucked up friend, and yep. he can, you know, you guys could be going along well, and he could turn on you. That option is there. Like you guys can fight each other. You guys can help each other build up kingdoms or whatever the case might be. Um, I was telling Pong that I was like, "Hey man, you gonna make you gonna make me drop into this game, and I don't have to make these people feel the real steel rain." <laughs> I'm going to bring my reign into the kingdom and so we can really take over the world. Uh, so not only are we going to take over the podcasting <laughs> space, we're going to take over Crusader Kings 3 also. <laughs> that would be interesting, Steel. I, I, maybe, you know what, I know it's not your style of game, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, right? Maybe us playing together would be something we have to do just to try it out and see like it's just it's so much man there's so much like i said i haven't even touched like again there's just it's so detailed when it comes down to what you can do as far as claiming there's there's pressed claims and unpressed claims which give you different rights you can fake claims i didn't even tell you about that like i went to the pope i went to the pope because i was favorable with the pope and i spent some of my religious points to create a false claim against another territory that's crazy because because of course back then religion ruled the world that's That's how it was was. Mm -hmm. and pope granted me his blessing and said yeah you could have a claim against that territory even though it's not yours by right that's the kind of stuff that we get into. And I, I, like I said, I've scratched the surface. I'm getting comfortable. I I just continued on from where the tutorial left me. I haven't even started a brand new game yet in a different land. That's why I just continued on with where I was Mm -hmm. because I wanted to get the basics down and I'm just scratching the surface and starting to get used to a lot of the different management that you do have to do, man. But yeah, you and I together in there, Bro, that could be some crazy stuff. Yeah, that would be, that would be completely different. <laughs> that, would be, that, would be completely, that would be really wild. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up for people who didn't know, because I didn't realize that, that that was even an option. So for those who are interested, man, definitely try it out. Try it out with a buddy. See how it goes. Um, and I heard, I've seen some videos, and it looks like it's a real good time. Um, it's just, again, we're in a space where who where are you going to find the time to jump into so many different games, especially as we move further into the future? So yeah. um, it's just crazy. Glad to hear you've um, had a pretty decent week. Um, again, Crusader Kings 3, Tiny Tina. There's a lot, it's just a lot of good things to play right now, and it just gets me really excited, man. I love the comment. Look at our chat. Our chat is freaking crazy because everybody's jumping in at different times. So we got, we got Misuko who jumps in talking about, I just jumped in. And and Pong is praying to Jesus, and then I got <laughs> I, I got Boba Fett gaming in here. Go, what did I just walk into? Confessions, yeah. assuming you are talking about Crusader yeah, Kings three. 100%. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's exactly. I love 
I love the fact though that steel that there's actually some people in this community who understand and realize what game we're talking about just by jumping in here. That means we're doing it right, Steel. That means that we got the people coming in here, listening to us and enjoying it. So thank you all for dropping in here. And Nix, yes, you you're not seeing things. You are seeing Master Chief and seafood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what you're seeing <laughs> welcome welcome to the 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 good side of pc gaming yeah. with modding and all that because again i i was hyped about the matrix sifu mod and then all of a sudden steel steel kind of got excited because i sent him that and he's like i am i might jump into this and all of a sudden he did but he dm me without telling me and all of a sudden he's got a picture of master chief in sifu and i'm like but of course he found the Master Chief <laughs> mod. Of course he did. <laughs> I feel like that's a good segue, man. Um, Actually, because there are some things that I do want to address um, about Halo really quickly. Um, and I guess I'll start off with my, what I've learned from the community before we get into uh, the upcoming games. Well, actually, what you want to you do upcoming games first and then just kind of just ramp yeah, right into know, the show? Yeah, let's, 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 let's do upcoming, upcoming games, games uh, before we're, uh, because next thing you know, we'll forget about upcoming games and, and then you and I'll we'll be, be two hours deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already took enough time in our intros, man. People will be like, what's up with Steel and Pong's intros, man? That's like a whole show unto itself. I mean, yeah, you better, yeah, better kind of is sometimes. Better, sometimes. Come, better come in here and listen. That's a fact. I mean, again, it's we're doing a lot. We're doing catch-up. We're playing catch-up with each other, not only yeah. uh, pause, um, not only that, but it's like we we also want to give it to you guys um, a certain way to where you guys get some back-end information, get our opinions. Um, one of the biggest things that I have realized um, amongst all conversation, I know a lot of people go between, they're like, oh, you know, you got to play one side or you got to play the other side you got to be team blue team green team red whatever team and at the end of the day we are gamers like Mm. point blank period and that is going to be another conversation that i get into because there has been some uh some great points that have come up uh that have really made me kind of look back and really look on my look into the not really look into the past per se but kind of reflect on myself and the reason why I'm doing this right or reason why I see gaming as being more than just your some stereotypical hobby or just a waste of time there's a lot more that goes into it and I definitely want to talk to the people about that um at least give my opinions on it and how I feel and everything else because I feel like a lot of things are kind of jaded between how what the community thinks is right and how things should be versus kind of what me and Paul kind of pretty much kind of fit into and how we see things. So um, definitely want to jump into that. But let's get into these upcoming games. Appreciate that, Nick's And and yeah, UK lad, real quick, uh, Weird West. I did jump in for about an hour into Weird West as well. I'm I love what I see again. It, it, it's an hour in. I got through the intro, like the opening story, and kind of get into the first mission um, and that kind of stuff. Loving what I am seeing. It is a great mix of RPG with action. Um, the slow motion uh, battles, uh, fan. It's just an awesome implementation of it. Love what again. Weird West. Uh, which is Wolf Eye Studios, I believe is what it is. They are former arcane devs. Oh, wow. Uh, so you that's why this game is coming out and kind of grabbing people's attentions. They know what they're doing. Established devs who have a certain style that coming from arcane, obviously, we know how special their games are and how unique their games are. They put a lot of that into Weird West. They're kind of mixing and mashing a lot of different things together. Mm-hmm. And so far in the first hour, again, as much as I could take out of it, 
in the first hour, it's going to work. And I hear a lot of people talking about that ACG shout out to Jeremy Penter. Um, Fantastic review. If anybody's looking for kind of in-depth review of what Weird West is, ACG has always knocked it out of the park. Uh, and he enjoyed wow. what he was seeing out of or what he played out of it as well. So um, yeah, you're absolutely right, UK lad. I can't wait to jump in that game again between Tiny Tinas and Crusader Kings right now. Time man, man. that's taking up a lot of my time. So time, man, for sure. And then work and life, and it's just there's yeah. so many things to throw in there, man. Even even if I was back in the day, knowing me, and again, this will be a conversation we'll have here in a bit, but yeah. um, even being a multiplayer gamer, man, it's just like, depending on where you fall on that spectrum, depending on what you're into, to, in today's day and age versus definitely the past, you have options. So for anybody to tell you, oh, there's nothing to play. And you might want to go reevaluate your thinking about what gaming truly is. And if there's nothing to play, there's nothing to play, man. But that's why we also have other hobbies. This doesn't have to be the only, the end all, the be all. Uh, like, I know people say, oh, go touch some grass. I mean, there at some point, you do have to go outside. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we're, we're living in a fantastic time, like we say here all the time. And we see other people taking the quote. Um, it's the golden age of gaming, baby. Right, Paul? That's right, brother. You know, it's spreading. It's, it's spreading like wildfire. More uh, and more people are funny. picking up on it, man. It's funny it to is. me. Um, Good stuff. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into these upcoming games because, again, um, gaming is already should be treated as shut. Shout out to my, the homie Everborn Saga, even though I haven't heard him say it since. So I don't know how he feels about that, but I'm pretty sure he I'm pretty sure he still feels the same. Um, but um, it's exactly how, how, how I feel also. So not only do we want to... Uh, give you that kind of this day in gaming segment towards the end of the show we like to do the upcoming games uh just to kind of let you know what's coming in what's and uh, what you should be anticipating so let's jump into that and bear with me here because i changed when i change things the things aren't on the same screen every week uh so i might have to adjust some things but it should be just fine so let me let's jump into here oh perfect this is damn near in the right spot so that's amazing that is outstanding I love when a when a good plan comes together. It's called preparation steel. Look at you. Yeah, look 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 at me. <laughs> I'm a fucking hot mess. Oh, the other thing too, I fucking um I'll get into it after after this. I don't want to yeah, hold, yeah, yeah. hold hold it up any longer. <laughs> I can fucking keep talking. Um, oh, you would be both, brother. You know how this rolls. That's why I said we just got to do this. All right. So upcoming week or upcoming games this next week. Obviously, we're talking about already already still, April. April. It's April. fucking April, Paul. April, April the 4th, the week of April the 4th, upcoming games. And there's actually some interesting things coming out yeah. this next week. Uh, we are starting off April with a bang. Uh, we still don't even have Game Pass games uh, announced yet for April, nah, nah, which is kind of so interesting, kind of interesting. Um, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, but uh, this week, as far as what we know, coming from GameInformer.com, as you all know, if you've been here before, that's what we use. Again, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's going to give us the major ones. And if we do miss anything that you guys want to shout out, please throw it in the chat. Steele and I will pick up on it, and we will uh, obviously add that to the pile. But this week is huge. Uh, Lego, Star Wars. The Skywalker Saga. Steel, you and I have talked about this plenty of times. Launching April the 5th, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC. It's coming. 
Finally, this is a game a lot of people have been looking forward to. We've talked extensively here about Lego games, about Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga. Again, I'm at a different point in my life. I've played a ton of Lego, of course, with my kiddo as as he was growing up. We were in the prime of TT games and Lego games. I played so many of them. I actually honestly did just pick up on that last sale, the DC uh, Legos, uh, the villains one, um, because that actually had a different spin to it being the villains. Um, I haven't put much time into it, obviously, but it's there. I picked it up. I got the big package. It was like whatever it was, 10 bucks or whatever the heck yeah, it was for the damn. all, all of the DLC and everything. Right. Yeah, so that, yeah. I enjoy Lego games, but I played so much of them. Um, it takes something different to get me back interested. Um, Lego Star Wars, just for everybody knows, I'll pass it off to Steel real quick because I know he's he's definitely going to probably jump into this. 100%. But Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, I would pick it up if it had online co-op. The unfortunate part, again, TT Games, they kind of came out and addressed it as well, um, saying that they they it got cut. I don't understand how in 2022 you don't have online co-op for a game like this. I really, really don't. It's a missed opportunity for sure. It's a missed opportunity. Right, right. Again, they've done this plenty uh, where they haven't had that co-op. I think they've only got one or two maybe that were ever online co-op. I think so. But how that feature continuously is one of the first things that they cut out when it comes to time and resources, (laughs) I don't understand in 2022. I would pick this up because I would play this with Steel. It could be servers. It could be servers. It could be could they, be. they don't have enough money be. to support it. Uh, that, right. That's the main thing. Because again, you're you're thinking about how like how old are these games? And they're comp- I think they completely re- remastered them. This is pre- yeah. this is pretty much a remake of all the games. And combined yeah, from what I've package. heard, they've done an incredible job too. I, well, yeah. from what I've heard, it's beautiful, yeah. right? So so I don't know. That's a missed opportunity uh, specifically for me. Uh, I'm not going to be picking this up. Uh, day one, obviously, at this point. Will I pick it up on sale down the line? Maybe again, if I get an itch to play a Lego game, that's why I picked up DC villains. Cause all this hype around sky or Skywalker saga, I kind of start going, ah, oh, man, I'm going to jump it back into a Lego game. There's so much fun, even playing single player. There's still a lot of fun. That's why I jumped on DC villains because it was cheap. So down the line, when this thing's on sale, I probably will pick it up and play through it. Cause it's star Wars. It's Lego. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that stuff, but steel, where are you at, brother? Are you getting this? Are you is yeah, this man, day I'm, one? I'm day one on it. Um, I'm definitely day one on it, be, mainly because me, of course, yes, I'm a Lego fan. I grew up with Lego. I, it's one of the mo- it's one of those things from my childhood that I'll never, I would never forget, man. And the amount of time that I've not only have spent within the Star Wars universe from my parents raising me on the uh, OG trilogy, the uh, of course people like yourself and others are going to say four, five, and six are the best. Um, I'm definitely along that same line again. Four, five, and six are the biggest reason why I love Star Wars for what it is. Darth Vader, Stormtroopers, they're still some of my favorite characters um, within the Star Wars universe itself. Actually, Darth Vader is what really got me interested and really got me hype about the star, about just the entire Star Wars thing. I know a lot of times Pong, Pong typically plays more so towards the dark side, which is funny for me because I love the dark side. Um, as you can say, I love Darth Vader, but at the same time, um, I think it was just more so his presence, his character, how he presented himself, especially in the movies. Um, he was he was just that threat. He was that big threat, and he was somebody to be fearful of. When you saw Darth Vader step into a room and you talk to him sideways, and he. Ch- force chokeholds you like 
how is that not dope, right? You're just like, as a kid, especially, you're like, oh my God, this man is amazing. Um, so that kind of started me on that. I'm more of a light side guy. Really, I'm kind of in between. I'd probably say the gray side, especially with today's day and day, with today's knowledge and everything, knowing that you have to have a little bit of both. There's that yin and there's that yang. Can't have light without dark, can't have dark without light. Um, but yeah, as far as Lego Star Wars goes, um, I'm definitely interested in it. Again, I haven't played any of the games as a Star Wars fan. Uh, Lego always does really well with comedy, gameplay, um, telling the story in a, such a way that, I feel like they're going to be able to tell the movies better than the movies did, especially the more recent ones, um, because they have these, they have those in here too. Like, so it's not just old Star Wars. It's they have everything in this game, and um, along with all a bunch of different characters that you can do end up using. There's just a lot of fun to be had in this title, um, and it also opens it up to. Um, I know it doesn't have online co-op, which is extremely unfortunate. I have to agree with Pong on that. Is it a super missed opportunity? Because uh, I would have definitely loved to jump in with Pong um, to get that, get some lightsaber action in. But at least it still opens me up to do some co-op with whether the wife wants to jump in with me, whether the kids would want to jump in with me. Um, it's definitely one of those games, and I want to be able to take advantage of that. Um, Especially because, because kids, you know, my kids don't don't have that connection with Star Wars, right? Um, and this could be one of those avenues that at least kind of intrigues them, um, makes them interested, or just for me personally, selfishly. I mean, I'm I was gonna get it anyway, so um, yeah. I'm definitely interested in it. 100%. Yeah, and I see a lot of people talking in the chat about patching it in. They could certainly could. do that. Their their comments seem to sound like they weren't going to do that. However, if this does sell a ton. That's certainly a possibility, right? If it blows up, and yeah, I know a lot thing. of people who are going to jump in this like steel day one. So if they do want, if this winds up being one of the best selling Lego titles of all time, which it has the potential just based on the Star Wars alone, right? Always, whenever you attach Star Wars to something, it has that potential. And if they've done a great job reimagining all the original Lego games, Lego Star Wars games into this and really have done something special here, Look, it's certainly possible that they will give it the attention and, and and give some resources back to the game and patch that in because that would, I think, open up even more opportunity for this game to continue forward as as friends, family uh, get to play online together. I think right. it would be a great addition. So I just think right at the moment they don't have any plans to do that, but this thing blows up obviously all bets are off they could support it right and they could they could make that a a a priority down the road for sure so cross my fingers um look mlb the show 2022 also launching april 5th playstation 5 xbox series consoles playstation 4 xbox one and switch that's right folks that Sony game that you can find in an Xbox service like Game you know, Pass, but I have some smoke I want to I want to throw but, out here, Pong, real quick. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just some ahead. smoke, real quick. Just some smoke. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. I, and I want to go left with this because we're in the upcoming game segment. Because we'll get into it later. Yeah. But yeah. just an early uh, <laughs> an early peek into what we're going to talk about later. Hey, Sony can't do day and date, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, they can do day and date on Xbox though. <laughs> And yes, that was an MLB decision. Yes, it's not. It's not a Sony. Hey. Sony decision. But Sony's developing it, isn't it? That is correct. So it is a Sony developed game. That is correct. Hey, but is, so they can uh, do day a day. Didn't yeah. didn't MLB do pretty well last year? 
actually. Yes, they did. In fact, they did so well, Steel, that they looked over at Forza Horizon 5 and said, hmm, you know that early access package that Forza Horizon threw out for Game Pass subscribers? Let's do, let's do the Guess same what? thing. We're going to do that as well here, right? That's how well it did. That's right. You can get early access to this game. I think it's actually already started. Uh, you can buy the package to give you some of, I forget what their my team is, well, is called, is, their yeah. ultimate team, whatever it is. Um, you get some packs, you get some extra packs thrown in. You can start playing the game early. Bunch of bonuses. I think it's like $45, I want to say, uh, for early access. Look, that's how well it did on Xbox. They looked at it for his rise and said, we're not going to pass out that pass up that opportunity to sell to these game pass subscribers who do buy games and spend no way. money. No way. No yes, way. they do steal no on way. what I know. I know if you listen to certain <laughs> faction of this community, you swear <laughs> that us game pass subscribers spend $0. We're cheap. We're broke. We have no intention of buying things. But yes, that actually does happen, Steel, and MLB is not passing up on that opportunity. So please, go check out MLB The Show 2022. Again, if you have Game Pass, it's going to be available April 5th. If you want to get early access and you get some bonuses, go buy the pack. Go buy the pack. You know what? Do it up. But MLB The Show 2022 showing up again. Uh, you know, you, you know Phil is not going to release the stranglehold on that game any time in the foreseeable future you can expect this game showing up each and every year on game pass on xbox because this has been a long time coming uh because that was one of the holes that phil knew about that we there was no baseball game uh on xbox and he's not going to let this go so enjoy it for all you baseball fans out there i always download it i actually bought mlb 21 the show 21 on disc when it was on sale at gamestop for two dollars oh damn so yeah, yeah. So uh, I've actually got it again. I never, I don't, I'm not a baseball fan, but the games always were interesting to me. But again, time frame wise, can I jump into it? Nah, not really, but it's there. So, uh, but I know a lot of people are super hyped for this again this year. So that's awesome. Chinatown Detective Agency is also coming out April the 7th. This is coming to Xbox, Switch, and PC. This is an indie game um, that looks super, super cool. This one has been shown off at a couple different shows. Um, it has got a cyberpunk-esque feel to it. Mm-hmm. It is an adventure, heavy narrative-driven game, um, but it's definitely not a point-and-click game. This has got some action to okay. it. Uh, this is one I'm definitely going to download. Um, I've been waiting on it. It's in the older 8-bit kind of, uh, I want to say 8-bit. Uh, it, it, it's, it's that mashup old bit style though um side scrolling but with all you know you you get different option menus that pop up where you have to actually go do some investigative work uh there's some action to it like i said before so again go check out chinatown detective agency this is by uh general interactive collective company but is published by humble games and whisper games but the humble games one that remember we got a deal xbox announced that deal with humble games where they were bringing all these games out these indie titles that humble was coming this is one of those uh we've already had i think like three or four humble games show up in game pass so this will be in game pass um as well so please go check out chinatown detective agency it's looking really cool um hey jesse darby i I didn't know that sony bought olive garden (laughs) (laughs) 
Ah, shout out to Jesse shout Darby. To Jesse, good to bro. see you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give some shout outs to the chat here coming up after this, too. Uh, a lot of great people in here today, as always. Uh, Chrono Cross. <laughs> Chrono. Sorry. Chrono Cross, the That's Radical Dreamers edition. Ooh, Old school okay. RPG coming back. We heard about this one. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC. That comes out on April the 7th. Look, Chrono Cross is a fantastic old school JRPG. Yeah. The fact that Square Enix is putting it on Xbox again, they're they're so hit and miss with this. I've yeah. I've made I've made my statements and been critical of Square Enix right. for their treatment of Xbox. The fact that they're bringing one of their old RPGs again, it's a remake, but the fact they're bringing it to Xbox is a big win for Xbox gamers who do love JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Um again, time frame wise can I say I'm going to pick this up day one? No, I can't. Will I pick it up down the line? Possibility. I'll have it in the back catalog. I'll jump into it from time to time. But Chrono Cross is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I'm not going to... Chrono Trigger was better. Uh, Chrono fun. Cross, mm-hmm. however, is what started it. And so it is, it's got its place. And okay. I really do enjoy the story in this one. So Chrono Cross is coming out for all you JRPG fans like myself. Make sure you check that out April the 7th. It's going to be a good time. And then the one we talked about last week, still probably gave it more time than any other show out there on YouTube. Godfall. And I did not say God awful, even though I was doing that last week. Godfall is coming. The ultimate edition, April 7th, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC. I will just state this for the record again, as I did last week. If it was not for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, if it was not for the fact that I have one of the premier looter shooter franchises, actually the franchise that probably put looter shooters on the map first in Borderlands. If I did not have that game sitting in my catalog, I probably would jump into Godfall despite all of the negativity, despite all the criticism, uh, partially due to you, Steel, because I, again, when Steel tells me that he's enjoying a looter shooter and we both enjoy those types of games, I'm going to trust Steel on that when he says it's a good time. Um, and so. for $40 to get the ultimate edition with all everything, I, the whole entire package, I think it's worth, worth it. it to me. Again, I won't be jumping in day one on this just because of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. But mm-hmm. before they do get rid of that $40 sale, if this is only a temporary price reduction, which I've, I think I I've doubt read. At this point. I, I kind of doubt I, it because yeah. they've, they've lost a lot of their player base and they want people to jump back into it. Uh, I think they're going to. I think it's going to be going to be around for a while, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's the case, I will jump into this at some point because the graphics are off the charts. It appeals to me again. <laughs> I, I like looters. So Godfall, the ultimate edition, April the 7th coming out for anybody looking for one of those games who just is curious about Godfall. Mm-hmm. Um, jump into it uh, again. Steel Steel says it's a better time. I've I, some other people, Fork Boy, Leonidas from over at GBTB. Shout out to those guys. They're looter shooter fans. They played it together. They said they had a good time with it. As long as you don't go in with over the top expectations, as long as you realize what you're getting, it's a good time. So and they've changed, I, I, they've I changed a lot of things and they've addressed a lot of things. Yeah. There's a lot more content that was there than when I played it. Um, and I, all all the experience and everything that I'm giving you is before they made a lot of their changes. So it's like if I was enjoying it then, I could probably jump into it now and still have a good time. Um, especially since it's been such a while since I've jumped into it. Um, 
Vic the Click to answer your question. Can I run the game with my Xbox without the power of the SSD? Uh, I don't know, man. You might want to try to make sure it's on that internal hard drive. Uh, just uh, in case. That, well, that was one of those, oh, God. All the lies that were being spewed before the generation started. You got, I tell you got you, to man. sell games, right? You have to sell gotta games. Sell. You uh, got to give people a reason. You had a marketing deal with Sony. Gearbox got paid. So yep. they, they pumped up the PlayStation 5 edition. Yes. We know the story. And again, I do love the nickname God Awful. I will not, I will it's not funny. deny that. It it's slanderous, but it's, it's funny. freaking funny. It's funny. It, it I, works I, I, perfect. It's funny. Um, <laughs> uh, again, um, my biggest opinion on Godfall, uh, for $40, again, for the Ultimate Edition, I would personally suggest it. Again, if you're a looter fan, um, I'm also a combat fan. You know what I'm saying? So um, if you're a looter combat fan, this could definitely kind of mix those things together for you and give you a good time. Um, it's over the top. The graphics look good. It's crisp. Uh, again, it, there are some key elements that I do feel like that are missing, like for like jumping, for an example. Like in this day and age, like why isn't jumping just like something that should be there? Again, when once you play the game, you kind of understand why it's not there. But it's just like there's, there's certain aspects of the game that are kind of off. But again, it has been a while since I've played it, um, and they've done a lot of updates. I'm talking about a lot of updates. I played this game when it originally came out, and I want to say. What was it, 2020 when the game came out originally? It could be off base on there. Or did it come out in 2021? I can't recall. Uh, definitely let me know. It came out in 2021. 2021. Okay. 2021. Yeah. Um, so, with that, $4, I definitely think it's a steal. Jump into it if you have any interest in it. Again, for me personally, it's only if you have interest. Do not force yourself to play a game that you're not genuinely interested in because that completely defeats the point. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I'll continue to beat that drum because I know a lot of people are like, oh, I got to play these games. Um, it's another conversation that I want to have with the people, but we'll get in that here in a bit. Uh, definitely try it out. I think it's cool. It might be dope now. Check it out, man. It's coming to Xbox, so. Yeah, and Fifth Horseman, again, I, I agree with you. Like I said, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. If you're a Borderlands fan, if you like the art style, that's what some people don't like is the art style in Borderlands. Um, you know, again, it, but if you are that fan, yes, I would I would recommend Tiny Tina's Wonderlands first, obviously. I played it. It's, it's freaking fantastic. Loving it. However, like I said, if, if you're not that fan, if you're looking for something with a different style, you know, like I said, like Steel just talked about, I haven't played it, so I can't speak on it, but I do obviously trust Steel and what he says. It, it's something to look at in Godfall if you're looking for that looter um, game, uh, especially at that price point. Yeah. So, so again, but I agree with you, Fifth Horseman. Personally, I would jump into Tiny Tina's. First. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> and there are also two different types of games. One's third yeah, person, yeah, action yeah. combat. Yeah. The other's first person, yeah. uh, over yeah. the top, all kinds of crazy. Good, uh, good, good to point out the third person versus the first person. And, I always that's the, that. main, that's yeah. the main thing. Uh, again, two different types of games, two different interests there. Uh, Derek Ruther says Xbox gamers didn't ask for Godfall. Again, no. it, it, you don't have to ask for it. Again, it's coming. Ah. It's, it we was, don't ask for a lot of things. Yeah, we that get is it. true. And we get it. <laughs> um, to, add, to answer your question, Jacob, um, he asked, Steel, what's the difference between the series and the one edition um at least from what i've seen and what i've looked up it's going to be going to be kind of like the difference between the ps5 and ps4 version uh the ps4 gets that 30 fps 1080p um so there's that this is definitely going to be one of those games to where if you want the 60 you're going to have to play it on on your series x series s um 
potentially. I don't know how they're going to do that. As we've seen with other games, it depends on what the devs are what the devs are doing, um, and what version they're going to be kind of playing or whatever the case may be. Um, but hopefully, I do believe for the series consoles, if you want that 60, you're going to have to play it on there. If you're playing it on the one, I know for sure. If it's like the PS4 version, you're probably going to get 30 FPS at 1080. Um, and I will tell you right now, do not play that game at 30 FPS. Do not buy this game on Xbox One. Now, if that's the only option that you have, do it. Buy it wherever, buy, buy it wherever you can. But if you have interest in it, but I would not suggest playing this game at 30 FPS. You are severely doing this game a disservice. Um, and not just and not giving it a fair shake, especially if you're going to put down the 40 kudos uh, to jump into it. So, hey, and exactly. Deadpool, please, thank you. Please hit that like button, share us out, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your sister about us, and uh, tell a brother about us too. And uh, we're right here, keeping it live, rolling uncut, giving you that energy boost to get your weekend started. What else, what else we got coming out, man? Anything else? Um, uh, yeah, we've got, I think, the final one here. So I was trying to look up the performance. Gearbox has been so bad with releasing their performance. Like, yeah, but it actually, oh, man, I just can't find it. Like, it should be like one of the first things that pops up, and there's nothing like actually stating the Series X versus Series S and what we're getting. Uh, it's just kind of crazy. But, anyways, um, I was trying to find that out. Uh, Sherlock, uh, Sherlock. Sherlick. 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 This is a whole new kind of character. Sherlick Holmes. No, uh, sure. <laughs> that definitely sounds like a porn title for God's yeah, sake. It could, sakes, it could be. <laughs> Jesse is cracking me up today. Sorry, Not Chad. That it would if, if y'all see me laughing, it's because Jesse yeah. Darby is just in here. Yeah, Darby. Yeah. He's, yeah, he, he's, he, he's killing me today. He, he comes in, man, and does that to oh, Chad. Let it, me tell it. you. The hot takes from <laughs> Jesse Darby is something else. Uh, Sherlock. Holmes, the devil's daughter, is showing up on Switch on oh, April wow. the 7th. Okay. Uh, so, again, for you want some Sherlock Holmes storytelling? I've heard that is a long running series. Uh, I've had it actually pulled up in the store on Xbox before when it's been on sale, like going, do I? Because I really like Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Do I like, do I, I've never pulled the trigger, but I've heard the series certainly has had its ups and downs, but I've heard overall people have positive views of that type of heavy narrative type game Mm -hmm. that they do pull off the Sherlock story very well in a game form. So again, if you're looking for something on the go, check it out. Sherlock Holmes, the devil's daughter on switch. Um, And then the, let's see, we do have actually a couple more. We've got slipstream. Have I heard? Oh yes. This is that retro racer game that you sent to me, Steele slipstream. Uh, and store games published by Blitworks. This is coming on April 7th, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Look, if you're looking for that retro arcade-style racing game, we're talking about the outruns of the world, right? We're talking about the uh, <laughs> Cruising USA of the world. Go check out Slipstream. Uh, it is very cool-looking, highly yeah. stylized. Look, just go check it out. Uh, Slipstream is coming out this week. I totally forgot about that, Steel. I forgot that was the one you sent to me. Yeah, man. I, and, I, and I mainly sent it to you just because it had, it gave me that old school feel. I, I don't yeah. remember. 
I don't remember how big the team is that was working on that. I don't think they're that big, but no, no, it's an indie, it's an indie game. Oh, um, so for sure, it's smaller. But it looked really dope, man. Again, it gives you some of those old school feels. It was done really well. Um, they've done a lot with it, at least for the aesthetic, and it seems like it could be some good fun. Definitely something that you could jump into. Yeah. Um, and I actually have um speaking of slipstream, we're talking about car games. Um, I actually have an update on Forza Two that I will get into later too, but um, at least from what I've recently played. So. Uh, yeah, that's right. You jump back in. I forgot about. Yeah, that. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time because you, you're 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 the multiplayer. The you're the online connective. I'm the single player experience of Forza. So it's interesting yeah. always to hear your perspective. So we will get to that. Uh, the final game of the week is an absolute classic. If you are on the Switch and you're looking for oh, nostalgia I galore, love this, love this game. Arcades. This is just. Free- the arcades oh my god dreamcast look the house of the dead remake is coming to switch uh it's actually got it says it's for one or two players from forever entertainment i don't know how this is going to turn out it's always hit and miss when they go back to these old titles and just kind of really briefly spit shine them not a full from the ground up remake and i don't think that's what they're doing here i think this is more of a spit shine situation but look the house of dead is classic so uh shout out to switch um shout out to nintendo for making this happen um whatever the reason why i'd love to see this come i i I would pick it up instantly if it showed up on xbox again nostalgia would get me on this one house of the dead remake coming to switch um all your shooter fans out there should know House of the Dead if you're old enough at this point. It is a classic. So. I think the main thing for me for for the House of the Dead is that I don't think that I don't think I could play it on like a like a console console like how I have it set up. I need the guns. The guns just yeah. take it to a completely different experience. I get it. I get it. For me, it. at least, the light guns. <laughs> Like the, the light guns were amazing. I, I know, like some of, I know some people find it corny or whatever. There was just something about popping those quarters into the machine and just getting mm, yeah. busy with with my pops at the time or my brother, or whatever the case. We just see how far we can get, um, and us just dumping a, another dollar into the machine so we can get back in when we're about halfway through the game to see how much further we can get. It, there's just something about that experience that you just can't beat. Same thing with Time Crisis. There's just you you can't beat those feelings. Stepping on that pedal, they come in and out of cover. It, the, that mechanic was such so ahead of its time that you know I, there was one point where I felt like a lot of that stuff was going to be more streamlined so it'd be easy to get that sp- experience at home. And we never really kind of saw that. We saw some of it, and yeah, you can go get light guns and everything else, but it's not the same, man. Like. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but it's, yeah, it's exciting. You, you know, I, I'll blow your mind too, Steel. Did you ever play Typing of the Dead? Typing of the Dead? That sounds super familiar. Bro, they took the game and made it a, basically a typing learn uh, learn how to type on your keyboard. I think I, I and you I, had to type fast back enough in the day, to kill. I think that's what. To, I, yeah, to kill the zombies, bro. Yeah, absolutely. I, it was I like, probably uh, have played it then. It was like two thousand. Oh, then I, probably, I probably definitely played it Bro, then. it's fantastic like they just took out the house of the dead and turned it into a typing game it's freaking awesome it's freaking just awesome so yeah i love that i mean i love that series man i i again bring it over to xbox i'll buy it i'll buy it even without the light guns i'll buy it just there you go to, just fire it up and look at it again because it's so <laughs> damn cool uh anyways go ahead no give your shout outs to the chat and talk about what all what's cracking you up this morning steel uh, the people the people like it's just funny seeing people come in because i knew this was going to be kind of the reaction and that's what kind of what i was hoping was oh, oh you're talking about it. the master chief <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, this is the this is the really good side of PC that I miss out on is the modding. The modding yeah. has gone to a whole new level. Um, I sent steal some uh, stuff from. Um, it was Tekken, I think. No, 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 oh, no, no. What's what, what's the anime fighting uh, game? Uh, Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear. Thank mm-hmm. you. Guilty Gear. They they put Two uh, B in there. Um, and also, um, um, uh, what's his face from Metal Gear Revengeance? Revengeance. Um, 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 what's his goddamn name? It's right there. Um, not I got, lightning. I, oh my yeah, God. I got lightning on my brain. I got lightning on my brain too. Oh, I, I, I got it. So God if y'all get it. it before I do, just drop, drop it in the chat. Uh, I can't ever, I can't ever remember. Oh God. I gotta, I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. Uh, what what the heck is his name? Why can't Raiden, I? Raiden, 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 Raiden. Thank you. Is that what it yes, is? Yes, Raiden. thank you, Raiden. Yeah, Raiden and Two B. Uh, somebody modded that in in the exact same anime style of Guilty Gear, and it looks gorgeous. Yes. Uh, again, the modding community and PCs have blown through the roof. They are on another level. You get an example of that, in Master Chief. Again, the Matrix uh, mod also for Sifu is off the charts good. They even put the sound effects from Matrix in there as well. Yeah. Look, that's what I that's the that's the part I do miss a lot of not being a PC gamer because that stuff is so creative, so well done. Love seeing this stuff. So it is funny though, still that everybody's picking up on it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Uh and yeah, it's funny that I couldn't come over Raiden. When I think of Raiden, the first thing I think of is Mortal Kombat, which is why it never clicks for me like that. And then the other thing too is that I'm just not the biggest Metal Gear fan. Um, so that, I mean, that could be the other part of it. Cause I know Raiden does have a long history with metal gear itself. Um, and I should, I, Damn, should I did not know box. that Nick's typing in the dead was a secretary certification course. Oh, I did wow. not know that if that's real, if you're not joking around, I don't doubt it. I just remember it as being a, as a, as, as a learn how to type game, right. That mm-hmm. schools were using it, uh, at one point too, uh, because it was so entertaining for the kids. Like it wasn't a boring typing right. class, right. You were getting an actual game out of it, which right. was cool as all get out. So that's awesome. If that actually was true. Oh. Yeah. That, that'd be, that would be super dope. Um, but was that all of the upcoming games? I do believe that it, that it was. It was, yeah. So go ahead, shout out the chat, and get uh, get to all. Cause man, we got some beautiful people. In we here. do got some beautiful people in here, and y'all have been tearing it up this morning. Y'all have been tearing me up this morning uh, with all the jokes and everything. Um, but let's we're gonna start from um, trying to go from the top, and then kind of go from there. But shout out to Mr. Joanna Dark, who was here earlier. Andrew Cullinane, who was here. Smitty Smith, Tony Grasso, 108 Dragons TV. Shout out to you, brother. Much love. Ray Oid, what's going on? Dragonheart Yobi, the legend himself. Um, man, I can't say enough about that gentleman. Shout out to him. He also did um, an amazing, gave an amazing gift to 108 Dragon uh, TV. If you guys haven't checked that out, check his channel, 108 Dragons TV. Um, definitely check that out. It was a heartfelt moment. I definitely felt the passion through it uh, while he was doing the unboxing. So definitely check that out. Um, Tim the Sorcerer, again, shout out to you, man. Does hear you coming over from Spotify to catch us, catch us live. It's such an amazing thing to me, bro. Like, it's part of the reason why, like, I just can't get enough of just doing this. Uh, why the podcast is space is such an amazing thing, especially in the gaming. Um, it's the passion, man. It's not well, not only the passion because passion only carries you so far. You can be passionate and be disingenuous still, but it's one thing to be passionate 
and be honest and just kind of give your overall takes of how you see things um and i appreciate that you feel that um that you even took out the time to catch us live and it's an amazing thing man i appreciate to see you here tim the sorcerer uh retro nerd wandering dutch what's going on brother we got a, got an amazing thing happening with that for an indie game showcase um i think yes. you guys are going to end up liking me and punk segment uh we put a lot of our energy into that little segment again um for something that we rehearsed real quick, um, I say real quick, but it's not like we wrote down some script and was like, oh, this is what we need to do. Um, no, we, again, we try to free flow and make it as natural as possible. And we wanted to do something special. So I feel like we hit all yeah, those right Keep a notes. look out for the Community Indie Showcase 2022 by Wandering Dutch. He has put out the trailer for it yes, already. So go check, check out. that out. Uh amazing behind the scenes it's going to be over two hours long yes. again dutch puts so much time and effort into this again it's he brings so many amazing members of the community together and we put together lists of indie games that we are looking forward to and dutch goes and does all the heavy lifting in the background goes and finds all the trailers puts music to it splices them all together does all the editing again this man pours amazing a lot of time love it. Uh, back into this to give it to the community. It was a big deal last year. He wants to continue this going forward. It's super cool to be a part of it. It's an honor to be a part of it. Uh, so please keep your eyes open for that. I believe he plans on releasing it sometime this month. Wandering Dutch, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you have a date of when you're going to launch it yet, but the uh, trailer is out there now. So go watch it over on Wandering Dutch's uh, midweek mix up uh the over there uh please go check it out it's it's fantastic please. already yeah 100 percent. i can't say enough about it again for i know a lot of people try to downplay indies and everything but let's again we have to be honest games like seafood we wouldn't have there wasn't an indie indie people working on it right watering uh, dutch is april 23rd april link 23rd. on the channel now to set reminders absolutely do that april 23rd Please. everybody be on the lookout for that it's gonna be huge it's gonna be fantastic 100 percent um cycle knots what's going on z black rider the blue one shout out the blue uh he likes to rambly pop up in chat man uh sith lord what's going on uh who else we got in here Back from the dead was popping. Nick's what's going on? Muppet 1169 was going on. My guy, uh, who else we got? Atrocity Night. He uh, earlier he said there was no audio, no atrocity. There's plenty of audio. Hopefully, everything is working well for you now. Jigga J, what's going on? Boba Fett Gaming. Hey, speaking of Star Wars, um, yeah, it's also, 2 a.m. where Boba Fett is, too. By the oh, way, oh wow, really? Damn, yeah, he's still gaming, but he's he's listening hey. to us. That's amazing. Appreciate Love appreciate it. you checking us out, man. Uh, again, I, I know how those sessions are, bro, for, for sure. Uh, my Suko, what's going on? Vic the Click, what's popping? My guy, uh, UK lad, Joe Jacob Novick, what's popping? How you doing? Who else we got in here? Who else we got? Back from the dead. I believe I shouted you out already. General Spartan was popping. Um, Splendiferous. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Uh, who else we got in here, man? Uh, Jesse Darby, of course. I got to shout you out, man. You've been cracking me up today. I love, love that take you've been coming with. Uh, man, this is what I love about the community. Uh, what just happened? What's going on? Definitely check out them. I love them. Dreadpool, what's going on? The General C. What's popping? OCD Gamer. Uh, Soul Con jumped in here, checking us out. Who else we got here? It's Timmy. 
is in here getting it in. What's going on? Cade Six. He says Sony loves the milk consumers. It's uh, a conversation we'll end up having here in a bit, man. Uh, Boogie Man was popping. Uh, who else we got in here? Did you get Ray Oid? Uh, I believe I did. Ray Oid is in the Oid. house, too. Oid. Oid. Yep. What's going on, my guy? Um, I believe that's everybody that we got so far. If you didn't hear your and name, And the man out. Cunningham, brother. Ooh. Good to see you, brother. One of the ones that got me started on this podcasting trip. I will always, always appreciate you, sir, for what you did. So thank 100%. Dorepa, you are here, my guy. What's Muppet. going on? Muppets in the house, too. Muppet, good to see you, brother, as well. Um, and then Dragonheart, you'll be again. Uh, like, what more? The legend. He, he, we, we, we could say his name 10 times. The yeah, legend. The legend. We could, we could definitely, we could definitely do that. <laughs> um, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, look, um, Punk, was there anything that you learned from the community this week that you got that you kind of want to jump into? And let the people know about. Ooh. Boy, oh boy, steal every week. There is multiple things. Uh, look, here's what I'll go with. Okay. Um, and this wasn't really planned out either, but this is what I'm going to go with because it's been been on the back of my mind. I learned from the community this week that the console warriors out here on both sides, and again, some people that I respect, some people that um, I, I enjoy, I love. Um, but console lawyers on both sides seem to gather together over this past week or so, because I've seen more than one comment. This was kind of going around uh, that they really don't like <laughs> us saying don't console war anymore. And to me, this is mm. interesting. Like they, they have a hard wow. time with gamers mm. actually having a problem with the energy that they're spreading within the community. This isn't private council warring. This isn't, mm. this isn't between friends, you know, and I've seen multiple people brought up and again, nothing but respect to everybody. Cause mm -hmm. again, I follow, I support some people who do council warring um, again, but for me, there's, there's differences, there's levels to council warring. And I'm not talking about the people who have you know, are really funny about it, who you know are joking uh, on a different level, who right. aren't getting personal, right. uh, who aren't attacking others, who aren't tagging people to get the, the hate train going. That's a different level for me. And again, I can hear the conversation from the people who enjoy doing this, that, hey, we do this in sports, we do this everywhere. Yes, but again, there's different levels in sports. Mm -hmm. You can have fans in the stands who, who you know, rib each other about each other's teams and can kind of go at each other. But then right. you also see the fans who are brawling with each other, throwing punches over a game, right? That's where I think the line is drawn here. So when we talk about the negative energy that's brought to this community by the console warriors, right. and we've spoken out about this a lot, Again, that's a different level. When you see the attacks that happen in console warring roll over to devs, roll over to uh, ma uh, management or, or people who are associated with said consoles, right? And there's personal attacks being done on Twitter and elsewhere. That's when this crosses the line. Right. And that's when that that's that's what we talk about here when Steele and I talk about this stuff. Again, the generalization that all, you know, all of it is 
awful, right, is is wrong because some of it is just pure in fun. It's in good spirit. Uh, at the end of the day, you know that the, those people are playing both consoles, that they enjoy gaming overall, but there's the real hardcore. And again, right. we have to be careful with the energy because whether you believe any of this or not, I'm a big energy guy, okay? Whether you believe any of this or not, what you put out does come back yeah. to you. Okay. And what you put out is a magnet for others. And not everybody out there understands the line. Not everybody out there has the capacity themselves to understand what things are appropriate, what things aren't appropriate. Mm -hmm. And when you're throwing that out there constantly without also giving it balance, like, like Steele talked about the yin and yang, right? The yin and yang of everything. Right. If you're not balancing out, you're just creating this space where you're going to bring in some of the worst of the worst to your space. And that's not good for you. Okay. Yep. That's not good for you. And it's not good for this community. So when Steele and I speak out about that stuff, that's what we're talking about because when new people jump into this community, right. And that's all they hear the nonsense. And if you want to build your whole channel around that, go for it. That's your choice. But what Steele and I are speaking about is when new people are jumping into this community and that's all they hear, if they're not into it mm -hmm. and that's all they see and hear, and they don't even have an opportunity to find places like here at Living Split Screen where we try to be fair. We, we are just passionate about gaming overall. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. Again, I'll say it. If you play on your cell phone exclusively, if you play Candy cool. Crush monthly, cool. you are still a gamer yep. in my eyes. And I have a conversation okay, to get into about that. <laughs> right, right. Oh, good, good, good. So uh. again, what we're talking about is that you're putting up this block. You're putting up this 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 negative energy for new people jumping into this community mm -hmm. and even some established people in this community who have gotten sick and tired of it. Again, I am in favor. Use the mute button. Use the block button extensively. It, it, I've done it over the past two months. I've yeah. gotten heavier I'll with mute. it because I don't want my timeline filled with the nonsense, Okay. But again, just understand that that negative energy you're putting out there is going to attract more. And that's not what we want. Again, it's all fun and games until it's not. It's all jokes until it's not. And there are people out there and that's on them. I understand it's their personal responsibility to get the fact. But again, that's not how society works. There are people who jump in here, don't get that it's jokes, that don't get that it's all fun. You got to balance it out. And again, that's... That's where the line is drawn. And again, it results in what we've seen, which is attacks on devs, personal attacks on devs, not criticism, okay. as some people like to say. It's not criticism when you go to that level. It's a straight up attack on people, and it's not okay. Okay? Again, all about free speech. Say what you want, but I know who you are as a human if that's the type of person you are, and that's what you're doing. I just would like to see it toned down. I would like to see it balanced out. That's why Steele and I are here doing what we do. That's why we have so many people like Mr. Boomstuck, like Wandering Dutch, who also handle their shows appropriately, right? And, and spread that balance out. But again, I'm sorry that you guys don't like us saying to knock off the console warring. But again, same goes for you, right? You tell us that we should just put up with it, that we should just mute and block everybody. Well, great. That's fine and dandy but we're also free to tell you in return that we don't like what you're doing. Okay. That you're bringing this community into a space that we don't like it because gaming should be celebrated. 
And again, there's lines to be crossed. There's lines to be drawn. Not everybody understands that. Okay. Not everybody understands the jokes. Yeah. Not everybody gets it. And you have to be aware of that. And again, so if you can tell us that we just have to put up with you. We can tell you in return. No, we're going to speak our minds and say it's not okay. All right. And that's me personally. I think I could speak for Steel, but I'll let Steel talk about it too. But again, that's what I learned from the community is that a lot of council warriors this week, over this past couple of weeks, actually, are coming out and saying, banding together, even on both sides and saying, you can't tell us what to do. Don't tell us to not council war. This is what we do. This is how we built our stuff. That's great. It's great. It's fine. I respect it. Again, freedom of speech all about it. No problem. But you can't tell us to stop telling you to not do it. If you want that in kind, you know, you can't, you can't have it one sided is what I'm saying. Right. Okay. So we're, we're going to continue to push back against the nonsense, the circus, the clown chill. We're going to continue to push back against that. Okay. Because again, we don't feel it's, it's good for the overall health. Okay. So that that's where we're at. So that's what I learned this week. Still, go ahead, add your two cents if you want to on this. Um, on, on, I mean, on that same topic, I'm I'm going to I'm going to go a little bit of a different way, but it's something that I, I like to touch on here, um, just because it's a conversation worth having. I know we like we like to get in the news and everything, um, but I also like to talk to the people be, just because they're the root of this, right? Um, if it wasn't for us, this gaming wouldn't be what it is today, right? Um. And I've done some, I've been doing some reflection this week, at least as not only because of what I've seen from the community, um, but also because I've been, I've heard some good points. Um, and that's just addressing the point of what makes you a gamer. I'm not here to tell you whether, again, like Pong said, whether you're a mobile phone gamer, where you're Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, Steam Deck, um, mo what, whatever handheld PC device, I do not give a damn where you play games at. I don't. I do care about whether you're in my let's say ecosystem as let's say if i'm playing games with you or whatever the case might be i do care about that stuff because that's i mean again that's kind of the point um the reason i bring this up though is gaming is yes on one hand selfish but the other thing too it is a hobby at the end of the day um, a lot of us are extremely passionate about it, whatever the case may be uh, but just as uh, 108 dragons tv says in the chat um a gamer is a gamer. Nobody should be gatekeeping you, telling you what you should be doing, what games you should be playing. Um, again, I heard there was somebody else making the conversation. Oh, um, about the whole, like the whole Sony thing. The way that I've always looked at gaming, although I have, oh, I have been in Xbox's ecosystem, Microsoft ecosystem for a while, right? Um, for a long time. You can say, oh, since Windows, whatever the case may be. Again, like I always say here, um, I've, been, I've been on Windows since Windows 95. Um, for me, I fell into the Xbox ecosystem because of not only the value, but also because of the service itself. There was nothing better out there. If I wanted a stable connection, if I wanted people to play with, if I wanted a community, if I, um, again, wanted good servers, this is where I had to go. Um, and yes, it was a kind of a pay-to-play scenario. Um, but what I wanted to touch on, again, is 
a gamer is a gamer is a gamer at the end of the day and for us to try to tell people oh well if you don't have so many trophies or if you don't have achievements or i can do the same thing and say if you don't play pvp games you're not a real gamer and i can also be honest to say that that is somewhat of how i felt that if you weren't a pvp gamer or didn't play multiplayer games you weren't what people consider a hardcore gamer you don't take it as seriously as i do i play people you play bots there's something good there's two different things about that but that's more so my energy for being in the multiplayer space that's how multiplayer gamers see each other right we're always competing against the we're always competing against one another um yeah you know it's cool to play against computers and everything else and that's an experience in in itself or whatever the case but multiplayer games have always seen it a little bit differently than any than other people could typically do but i've never seen it like oh if you're if you didn't do these things you were then you were less than I've never felt that way. And it was crazy to me. One of the number one things that I noticed about um, the community when I've jumped into it is the extreme separation that people are creating within their, within their, within their ecosystems. Because everybody has their own ecosystem. You got these bubble of people that listen to you, that pay attention to you. Uh, you got thousands of followers that pay attention to negative content. Um, and that's cool. If people like that type of shit. Um, again, negativity, negativity works. Um, and it's and it's and it's gonna and it's gonna sell. I just I don't want people to get lost in in that for lack of a better way to put it, in that minutia of BS. Because you can't and tribalism tribalism that's another good way to put it get get lost in the tribalism anything um and my point with all this is saying that whatever you are into you need to figure out what that is i will sit here and i will tell you right now for anybody that is listening whether you're a playstation gamer nintendo gamer there is no game on any system that is going to get me to invest because you said so zero i have never been built that way i've never looked at gaming that way and it is funny to me when i see people throughout our community who feel that way oh if you're not playing triple a games um then what are you talking about oh you're holding the you're holding gaming back because you're playing indies oh you're holding gaming back because halo is not what it should be oh you're holding gaming back that's not the case Gaming is bigger than it's ever been, and it's not because of the hardcore. Sorry that y'all so, feel so entitled. Y'all fit right along with the entitled generation, right? But y'all want to talk about that same thing. Oh, everybody's so entitled. But y'all do the same shit. So what's the difference? Understand that at the end of the day, this is a hobby. This is a passion. This is something on the side. If you're making money from it, great. But at the end of the day, it's all about the experience. It's all about what you're enjoying. Do not let anybody else dictate what you should or should not be doing or what you should stand for as a gamer. You like playing games on easy mode? Cool. You like using cheap modes? Cool. If you like playing as Master Chief and Sifu, cool. Whatever the case may be, it's the same thing with the whole Elden Ring conversation. 
if the game's too hard for you, I understand. If the game's too easy for you, cool. You're a hardcore guy and I feel you. I can sit here and tell you right now, that's not the case. Everybody comes from different angles and I'll, and I'll give you a little piece of knowledge that my mom is always, that my mom is always depressed down to me. Everybody does not think the same and everybody was not raised the same. Everybody does not have the same morals, but what makes it unique is the fact that we can come together in a community and find people who have similar understandings or similar thought processes or biggest example, me and Pong would not be here if it wasn't for the community. If it wasn't be if it wasn't for us to be able to come together and say, "Hey, man, I like I like the kind of aspect that you're coming from. I like the the kind of game that you're kicking. Oh, damn, still, I like the energy that you're bringing. I like the kind of game that you're kicking. You know what I'm saying? That would have never happened if it wasn't for the community. So there's so much greatness to be had, and I do not want people to get lost in the sauce for that. Understand what you are as a gamer, just like you should do in anything else. Now, if you walk through life and you let people, other people establish what you should be doing in life, what you should not be doing in life, I can't help you with that. And if that leaks over into your gaming habits, I can't help you with that. If only AAA games make you happy, you're going to be waiting for a long time for games. And I don't know who's waiting for games. And I don't know why people feel like people, oh, you're waiting for games if you're playing on an Xbox. You're waiting for games if you're playing on everything. On anything, you're, you're going to be waiting for AAA games. If that's all that you're waiting for. There are so many games out here to be played. Gaming is bigger than it's ever been. The services are only benefiting us more. Which is going to, which also leads into a conversation with the whole Sony thing uh, that we'll end up talking talking about here in a minute. Because I do want to pass that. Um, I'm gonna pass it off the pong after I get that. If that after I set that up. But um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on that um, because shout out to uh, the homie Dot Dark One Nine Eight Five. Definitely check out his channel. He has uh, he puts out a lot of content that's common sense. He does like to troll. He likes to have fun with this shit, man. And that's what it should be about. Um, but the main thing, the reason I want to shout him out is because he knows what he stands for as a gamer. And it is so important. And I will continue to say this here. Just as Pong says, play what you love, love what you play, and understand what you like. Not what other people tell you to like. I don't have to play. I don't have to go out and play Return until I'm ready to play Return. Until I end up getting a PlayStation. Until Sony gives me a reason. I saw somebody. Somebody else posted this. Like, oh well, you know, you don't have a PlayStation and this and the other thing. You know, you're almost. You're almost a full gamer. Hold on. I haven't invested in PlayStation because they haven't given me a reason to invest. Any game, like this is what I always tell people whenever they have, whenever this conversation comes up, right? Is that there's not one game that you can mention to me and bring up that I'm going to be like, yeah, oh yeah, I need to go get that game. I need to go, I need to go play that. If I wasn't already interested in it, nothing else is going to change my opinion. Like I've stated before, God of War, Last of Us 2, Spider-Man, uh, what else you want to throw in there? Uncharted, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, 
or none of those games are games for why I got a PlayStation 4. Zero. And those are typically the games that people kind of lean to. Oh, you know, these are the games you need to play. You know what did though? A game that doesn't even release in America. A game that I had to import from Singapore because they release the English dubbed version, well, an English dub, English subtitled version of the game. And that's Gundam Breaker 3. Probably the best game on, on the PlayStation 4, to be quite honest with you. Other than, other than what, what I've enjoyed out of Spider-Man. I love, I do love Spider-Man, and I can't wait for that to come to PC because I think that's going to be an amazing time. I can't wait to see what modders can do with that. Again, the whole point is nobody can, do not let people tell you what you should be enjoying. You decide. Please. Look at a review, listen to people that you trust their opinions on, whatever you got to do. Do not let other people dictate your fun. I do not sit here and, and, and debate with myself, damn, man, I, I really want to play Tiny Tina, but the community just, if I don't play God of War, I'm just not a, I'm not a gamer. That's not what I'm thinking about when I'm sitting here getting ready to game. You know what I am thinking about? Damn, what do I feel like playing today? Do I feel like playing Forza? Do I feel like playing another game in my backlog? Do I want to jump back into Batman? Oh, I'm in Arkham City right now, neck deep. Damn, I'm loving that game. But I haven't, I haven't jumped into it in a week because I've been playing Tiny Tina. Jumped back into Elden Ring to help my brother out. Um, I jumped back into Forza, which, quick side note, Forza, actually the new update is actually really dope. Um, they've added custom matches in it and everything. So now you can literally play specifically grow dirt races with specific cars. Well, not necessarily specific car, but within certain classes and everything. They've really broken it down more to make it more accessible. Though I will say on PC, it still continues to have crashing issues. I have 32 gigs of uh, RAM on my PC. And for whatever reason, I'm still having memory leak issues. Um, there are some fixes for it. But I'm not making those fixes just for one game. I'm not. It's not that serious. What I will do is I'll download the game on my Series X and I'll play it there because it plays flawlessly on my on my Series X console. But and the other thing I will say is that Forza Horizon 5 has at least seemingly updated their online service. I've actually I've been able to get into matches quicker. The matches have loaded up faster. So now when I jump into Forza, it's not so I'm not sitting here waiting damn near 10 minutes to jump into a to jump into a game like I was before, which is kind of the reason why I put it down. Um, of course, do they still have you still got people cheating or whatever else the case might be? Yeah, it is what it is. You can't stop that. But I mean you could, but it just so much there's so much more work that can go into that. It's a whole different conversation. Um, but Forza has been a Forza has been a great time for me here recently, other than the PC crashes. But just to kind of end, uh, tie up that whole gamer kind of uh, topic that I was bringing up, a gamer is a gamer is a gamer. And as Pong says, play what you love and love what you, you play. And that's where I want to end that. So definitely just keep that in mind uh, again. And then, um, and, and, and fifth yeah. horseman to, uh, real quick steel. He brought up a great point too. It's another one that I've seen a lot of lately 
you can't have an opinion unless you've played something. Look, that's another form of gatekeeping. And you're absolutely right, Fifth Horseman. It's a way to shut down conversations. Now, there's levels to that just like anything else. If I'm trying to tell you that the gameplay, the controlling is terrible on a game I have not touched, a person is correct. No, I should not have an opinion on the controlling of a game, the control factor, the mechanics, whatever, of something I have not played. However, I saw this really, really ramp up in the whole Gran Turismo conversation. You can't have an opinion on Gran Turismo 7 and what they're doing with their microtransactions, how they approached it, how they handled the situation, their outage that they had for nearly 30 hours, all of that. You're not supposed to have an opinion on that unless you own and play Gran Turismo. That is complete 100% bullshit. Okay? No. I agree. I can have an opinion on that because... I understand the concepts and have many games that have microtransactions. I understand and can have an opinion on how they handled the situation. Yes. Okay. That does not take owning the game. And just because you own the game does not give you any more right to say something about it than us as gamers can say something about another gaming company and what they're doing with their game. Okay. Bullshit. You can have an opinion on that. You can have an educated opinion on that as a gamer. Okay. You can say that a $40 car is not right. You, I can go and listen and lean heavily on people like Fuzzy Belvedere who do own the game, who have experienced it, who are racing fans through and through 100%. and listen to his opinions and then also form my own opinion off of what he is saying as well as an experienced person. None of that matters. You can have an opinion. Again, when it comes down to gameplay mechanics, like actually how it feels, I can't have an opinion on the DualSense controller functionality other than to say personally for me, I can say that I probably would turn it all off. Now, could that I change would. when I have it in my hand? Sure, it could change. Absolutely, 100%. But I say that when I give my opinion on that. So that's something like that hands-on that you need to have hands-on with. But as far as microtransactions goes, as far as what I'm seeing on a screen, I can have an opinion on that, right? Again, it's up to you whether or not you want to value my opinion. Absolutely, that's up to the other person. You don't have to value my opinion. There's nothing that says you have to take what I say as 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 okay or as meaningful, right? Right. That 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 that's everyday life. Okay. I can dismiss anybody's opinion, but just come out and try to shut down conversations and try to jump into people's timelines to their feeds and say, Hey, you can't speak about this unless you own this. Show me your stats. That's just another way of gatekeeping. It's another way of just taking out and invalidating a person. So try to make them less than just so that they can go about their business. That's wrong. Okay. That's bullshit. You're allowed to have your opinions, whatever. At the end of the day, that's what we all do here is share our opinions. I don't have to own every game system to have opinions about things. Call me out. If I'm trying to do a full review on a game that I haven't played. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. 100%. 
But again, I can still have an opinion on basics. I played more games than most people have at this age than they ever will. In their okay? life, yeah. And, right? And so I understand concepts around the gaming industry. I can have opinions on those concepts. I can have educated opinions on those concepts because I do take the time to learn about things. Just because I don't own something does not mean I can't say my piece on it you're absolutely correct fifth horseman i just want to end it there still because i was kind of about what we're talking about here too it's another way that's going about this community to to keep people out or to feel like to give the people the impression they should not be speaking on certain issues wrong 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 okay yeah like i (laughs) i can i can look at a car and tell if it's piece of shit i don't have to drive it i can tell Right, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing for me, at least personally, for Gran Turismo Seven. The reason I speak so strongly on it is because you could visually tell that it doesn't play like what I would expect a racer, a sim racer, to play like. Um, and shout out to One Away Dragons. He gave the best example. It looks like the car is on a popsicle stick. Popsicle stick racing. What year are we in? Old school Gran Turismo. The back of the car moved. Why nowadays the environment moves versus the car? At least that's the way it looks. That's a problem to me. And if you can't acknowledge that as a problem, if you can't play both games, or if, if especially if you've played both games, if you've played both games side by side, if you're one of those dudes who say, oh, you can't speak on them unless you've done both. You cannot tell me playing one versus playing the other that you do not see the difference. Even looking at the one or the other, that you do not see the difference. Exactly. That's just exactly. me. Yep. Vis- you can get plenty of visual representation for anything. Correct. Again, like Paul said, we're not here to give immaculate breakdowns and, oh, the tires on the track. We haven't played the game. Right. But I'm not an idiot. I've been gaming long enough to be able to look at something the same way I can determine whether I'm interested in a game or not. I can look at a game and say, damn, like me and Pong do all the time. We send each we send each other indie games all the time. I send always send Pong different combat games. Or or when I see indie uh different indie devs do different types of forms of combat and these and these styles and everything that they're doing. And I can say, damn, man, I'm interested in that. Why? Because that's what I'm into. That's an opinion. And that's my that you can have. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's the point. Exactly. And everybody likes to use sports analogies. Guess what? The no announcer, whether it's NFL, NBA, FIFA, they can't be an announcer unless they've actually played at that level because there's no way they could have an opinion on what's going on on the court or on the field without actually having experienced it. Bullshit. Okay. Bullshit. You can understand. I can understand defensive concepts, right? And I've never played a down in the NFL, but I can understand basic defensive concepts and I can give you my opinion on what's happening on the screen. Okay. And it's going to be educated. Now, somebody just sitting down, my wife, for instance, is sitting down and watching a game. Could she give me an educated opinion on what's happening? No, it's going to look like utter chaos to her. Right. Exactly. Right. But I can still take in information and knowledge from what I see on the screen and from having 
obviously deep dived into different subjects and have an informed opinion on that. It does not, it's not necessary for me because then we can just go all the way down the line and say, nobody should have a gaming opinion unless you've developed a game in your lifetime. Before. Period. Nobody. If, if you really want to take it that far, that's <laughs> you a, can exactly right. Down. Right. Do not stop speaking on games. If you don't have developed games. And that that I'm actually going to go off on a slight tangent here because one of the things that I do want to get into, um, and this is going to be the Halo section that we're going to actually get get into, is I do want to touch on some things on Halo real quick before we actually end up getting into our, our first topic. There's only a few things here that we could talk about um, that we're going to end up talking about. Um, we might end up talking about multiple things. We'll see. But on that same point, Halo. I'm actually going to start. I'm going to start with. Um, I'm gonna start with the show first, and then I'm gonna get into, get into some of the some of the feelings about the game. Um, so the show again, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't like what the Halo show is doing, I feel you. I understand it's not for everybody. Not everybody liked what happened with Star Wars. Not everybody's liked what's um, what other series. Not everybody likes what happened with the Matrix. Um, whatever else you want to throw in there. Me as an as an avid Halo fan, loved I love the series so far. I feel like episode one and two are great. I feel like they're doing some good world building. Um, they set up more of the human element for Chief, and I do. But I also do feel like that they're treading a fine line because Master Chief. With Master Chief, you cannot just keep touching on the human element of it. At some point, it's going to get old. It's going to get dry. And you have to actually touch on why what makes him so great. It's part of the reason I have part of the reason I have him here on Seafood. Master Chief is an icon, and there's a reason for that. Uh, there's a reason the Spartans look up to him. There's a reason why they he's called the demon. There's a reason why. Um, there's so many things that go into it to where he's one of the most feared Spartans to in existence. And I do want the show to start touching on that where they're leaning heavily onto the human element factor. But what I will also say is my mom, my mother, who was not a gamer, can care less, but is a sci-fi fan. I'm talking about Stargate. I'm talking about Star Trek. I'm talking about Star Wars. Any any of that shit. She loves that type of shit. She watched the Halo show. And guess what she told me? You want to take a guess, Paul? Um, she liked it. She told me she likes it. She enjoys what she has seen so far from it. And she is interested to see where the show is going to go. She has zero knowledge about Halo. Does not care about games. That to me tells, tells me they're doing something right. To make people who don't care, but maybe sci-fi fans, care is a very unique thing, especially in the TV space. No, is it perfect? And is it doing all the things that people wanted to do? And um, no, it's not. And that's okay. But it's doing something right. 
and that's garnering attention from people who are not the hardcore from the people who are not heavily invested and if they were telling the exact same story that we were getting from the games because that's what people want whether oh that's i don't want the same story i just want them to use some of the lore you're telling me that you want the exact same story that's exactly what you're telling me we have that already you have six games to tell you that story and halo infinite isn't done which is now i'm going to get into the point of halo infinite i am sick and tired of people bitching about halo i'm sick and tired of it i don't go i don't care who you are whether you're on xbox whether you're on playstation i don't, I don't care what console you are i am sick and tired of people bitching about halo Play the game or don't play the game, period. I understand you want to have an opinion. They're not doing things right. They're not listening. But do. At some point, you either put up or shut up. You can only complain about something for so long. The game's only been out for four months. And I've seen people, oh, if this was uh, Fortnite, they would have already had uh, new season, season pass content. Fortnite almost failed if it did not come out with Battle Royale. So try that again. Try, try it again how Fortnite would have already had a season pass, the second season pass out. Do your research and find out how quickly it took for their season passes to catch on. Halo does not need to be Fortnite. Halo does not need to be Apex. Halo needs to be Halo. And I understand people, have y'all forgotten that people are not working side by side? This isn't five years ago where people were working shoulder to shoulder with each other, able to look at, damn, man, that looks good. Oh, no, man, we need to change that. Hey, man, get these playtesters in here so they can test out and everything to make sure Forge is good to go. We are not in that space right now. Not everybody's back in office still. And we're still trying to figure out how to work from home. A lot of people. And I saw this, I saw the statement, oh, oh, how why is it so hard to work from home? I don't know, man. Why don't you go, why don't you put put your noodle together and think why it's hard to work from home? You're doing things over the internet. It takes forever to transfer shit over the internet versus doing things in in, in a closed network within the building where it, things get transferred instantly. You can call your boss and be like, hey, boss, what you think? Hey, what, hey, dude, hey, Billy, uh, what, what do you think about the designs on these characters? You think these custom, customizations should drop into here? Four months out and people are, are bitching more than ever that the game is not, oh, it's not what it needs to be. Halo, Halo, Halo. Halo is the only game y'all bitch about. Oh, it's missing forge. It's not complete. Oh, it's missing co-op. It's not complete. Oh, it's uh, it doesn't have more maps. It's not complete. Halo's the oldest, also the only game that has to do everything and, and do it right. The only one. Name another game that has to do everything. Name one. One. I just want one. That's not even a multi-platform game that has to do everything right. Not one, and that's my point. 
I understand, yes. Is it frustrating that there's a lack of content? Is it frustrating when you look back to MCC that they could have just imported some of those uh, customizations or whatever the case? Yes, but I am not a dev. I don't know what it takes to make games. I do have some reference to it, but nowhere close enough to say, oh, it's taking too long. If I felt like it was taking too long, I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing now. I finished the season pass, so guess what? When the new season pass comes out, I'll, play, I'll, I'll start playing Halo again. Is it, is it unfortunate for 343 that they don't have enough content to keep people invested or whatever the case might be? Sure. But speak for yourself. Because I can tell you right now, you can jump into Halo right now. You know how we used to evaluate whether a game was doing well back in the day, Pong? is we jump online if you found a match, if you found one quick, you know the game is still alive and doing really well. And that is still the case with Halo right now. You're not finding a bunch of bots like you are in Battlefield. You're not um, running into empty rooms. It's not taking 10 minutes to find a lobby. If you're finding lobbies in less than a minute, still. So people are playing the game. Do we want more content? Yes, we do. I'm not going to disagree with you there. I do want more content. I want more maps. I want there to be more so that the people can have more. Steele, let me ask you this. Let me, let me, because anybody jumping in here is going to hear you just talking about, look, anybody who's listened to this show, but let me ask you this, Steele. Anybody who's listened to this show knows that we've talked about Infinite a lot. Here. We have, yes. Again, cas casual Halo fan, I don't have as many big opinions as Steel does on this, right? But we have talked about it. Steel, you, you're not saying that there's not valid criticism. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, exactly. Because some people jumping in might just think that just from what you're saying, that you're just trying to tell everybody to shut up and, and no, that's, that's not about your business. Because there is some valid criticism here, right? We talked about this before. Even prior to launch, yes. we had talked about this deal that this was the fear, right? That because of the expectations of Halo, that if 343 did not have content lined up, ready to rock and roll, that is expected to some degree because other games have come out here and proven they can do it, but people forget how those games started, which I think is your main point. Mm -hmm. Like Apex Legends started with one map. Uh, you know, it, all that kind of stuff. Bare bones, that, that there yeah. is a process to this, right? But that we knew that if 343 was not prepared, that if it was all hands on deck just to get the game out and they were going to put out still a good game, but at the end of the day, if they weren't ready to give the people the content, the Halo fans were going to come, right? Yep. And they and it was going to be harsh. Yep. And there was just people waiting for this to happen. So, and that's kind of happened, right? At the end of the day, whether or not, it should be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal when it comes to Halo, right? And right now, because they have not been forthcoming in the eyes of many with what the roadmap looks like, and they've actually admitted that their roadmap is not ready to be shown yet, mm -hmm. that's kind of a problem because nobody has anything to really look forward to in the sense that other games have given us elsewhere right Absolutely. and that there's mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying there's so much competition out there but let me ask you this still. if you did if, if you were to look at it, what valid criticisms would you have from halo or, or towards 343 for what they've done 
you know, all the BS aside, all the just the hate train aside, what valid criticisms do you think are still out there for 343 right now? For me, I think the most valid is that they they set too high. I don't even want to say that they set too high of expectation because I don't think that they really set a high expectation. They weren't coming out and promising a bunch of shit. Um, again, I mean, they were saying that there was going to be forge and shit out there. Um, I think the the main valid criticism, for me at least, is that there is a there's a lack of communication. There really is. Yeah. That and and that is, that's not good. It's it's not. And then when you do when you do communicate, you do this dump of information that a lot of people aren't going to end up reading through. Right. Like it, it comes across like there's not somebody there who's like okay we like there's not a, a good community manager there who's and that's no no offense to anybody but somebody who's going to break down everything and be like okay this is what the people want to hear. This is, what, this is what they want to know about. If you give them this four-page article, 7,000 words about what's coming, the future, and what we are and aren't doing, what we're not, people aren't going to pay attention to that. People do want to know what, what you're doing now. What are you doing right now? That's what people want to know. How are you going to fix, how are you going to fix the desync? People want to know that. Are there going to be new maps coming soon? What is, what is the plan for, season, for the next season pass? for the next season people i do there i do understand the criticism of there being no solid roadmap yeah and that's what i would say is a very solid and excellent point and again like pong said i don't want to i don't i don't want this to come across like everybody else's opinions are invalid that's not the case that is not (laughs) what i'm saying you're doing exactly what we just talked about steel yeah, exactly. Uh, that what I'm not saying that your opinion is, is is invalid. But what I am saying is that you have to be a little bit more constructive about your criticism. Saying that again, I wasn't able to find any articles about it. Um and I do feel like some of the things were t- were taken out of context. I don't I don't see where any community lead said that the community was what, what what were they saying, Paul? That I hit you up about earlier that the that the community was fucking. Well, the, uh, the only thing I no, saw was they, they had lost the community had lost their patience. That was the only and thing it, that I seen. That that's the only thing I could oh. see, and I and, and there was that other dev who the, the, one of the devs had liked that co- that that snarky post about. Uh, about the uh, concurrent players, right? Okay. And that was from a while back, and they that they had like and and people felt people the Halo fans, some Halo fans, had thought that that he should not be liking snarky posts like that. Um, that you know about Elden Ring's concurrent players versus you know Halo's concurrent players, and he he should not have liked that because because that gave off the wrong impression. You know, he defended himself and said, look, it was a funny post. It was meant as a joke. I took it as a joke. So I liked it because I laughed, right? That's basically what he came out and said. Yeah. But some of the Halo fans are so upset right now with the lack of communication that any, I'll I'll quote unquote, misstep like that is taken as a personal affront to the fans, right? And, and I'm not saying all the fans, obviously. You're you're not one of them, Steel, but I'm just saying that there's a portion of this community 
out there that does look at that stuff as like a slight or as an insult. Um, that's the only thing that I could find. I just, I, I think that the valid criticism that you just spoke about steel is real. Um, I, I think that if this was three, four, three's first halo game, there could be some excuses. I just think because this is not three, four, three's first go around with this fan base and because of what happened with four and five and mm-hmm. the master chief collection, I think they should have been more prepared. And I think that is a valid criticism. I think they should have understood that they were going to walk into this firestorm. If there was, wasn't some certain basic communication set up to happen to give people a clear indication of exactly where this was going. I think that the, that's the part that they, that they really lost when they lost, when they, that's why I think the, 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 the piling on continuously of three, four, three, and I understand your frustration that it's, it's, it's like after a while, you're just piling on the piling on the criticism has been heard. Three, four, three has acknowledged the criticism. They have work to do, but to continue to pile on over and over again, when you should know as a fan, if you've been watching this scenario, isn't going to change tomorrow. It's something that's going to happen that they've acknowledged that's going to happen further in the future than maybe what you would like. Mm -hmm. So to continue to pile on, isn't going to do anything. It, It really isn't at this point, you know, like you said, steel, there's plenty of games to play. I know you really want to play Halo as a Halo fan, but there's plenty of other stuff to go do. Go do that other stuff. Come back when they're when they're ready, or don't come back. Right? That, that, that's your choice. That's how you speak up. Yeah, don't come you back speak then. Up. Don't play the right. game then. Like I right. know you want to play the game, but yeah. What tells me, and this is something we've always looked at back in the in in the past. This is something we've always done. You show me that you're interested in the game when you keep playing it. I shouldn't have to force you to keep playing the game. Content isn't going to keep you in the game if you're not in the game still. That's not going to keep you there. Halo is based off of PvP. Yes, the campaign experience is enjoyable and the co-op not being there is is a downfall for some. And I can understand that. And trust me, when when they do release co-op, there is going to be a flood of people who end up coming, coming back to enjoy it. I 100%, I 100% believe that. I don't think it's too late or whatever the case may be. Why? Because Halo is a live service game now. That's the thing. They're also doing something different than what they've done before. They're using a different engine. We've, they've already come out and said, oh, there's some issues we ran into the with the engine, trying to get everything going. Again, I do, it's just for me, I feel like if it was... Five years ago where people were in office and everybody was neck and neck. I do believe that this time period that they, they, they had would be different than this current ecosystem that we're in now. Where people are trying to work figure out how to do things from home. Um, it's not easily transitionable. Um, things are... Not everybody has great internet. It takes forever to transfer things over the internet. So... There's just so much more, so many more roadblocks. And I don't want to use this as an excuse for 343 either, because I, again, I do agree with that. The the lack of preparation is there. You can feel that. And there's, that does need to be addressed. But continuously bitching about it while playing the game still is saying that there's not enough there when there's other games to play. It's not like there's just Halo. There's other stuff out there. Play it. 
But when I play Halo, I'm not thinking about the lack of content. I'm thinking about how I'm going to beat the other team. How am I going to be the top of the leaderboard? Those are the type of things that I'm thinking about when I'm playing Halo. Yes, after some sessions, do I think, do I feel like uh, I do wish there was a couple more maps? Sure. But then when you play people that are more difficult to play against, you come to a realization, damn, man, I, I haven't even learned everything I need to know about these maps. Again, giving you a whole different perspective that many people may not be used to. Again, you want there to be you want there to be changed quicker? Stop playing the game then. Because that's what you're asking for. You want immediate change when you want it. Stop playing the game then. If you stop supporting the game, they will notice. And one of two things will happen. Either the game will get dropped completely, or Microsoft will double down and make sure that there is more invested, like they are right now, to make sure that they can continue to get to push out content. That is going to be worthwhile. I, my perspective is just that Halo is the only game in our gaming community universe industry that has to do everything right or it's a fail. And that is a problem for me personally. I do not understand that. If you want to complain about Halo, I understand. Speak your piece, give them some time, or don't, or don't play the game. But these other people who are using or saying Halo's trash, oh, and then you bring up uh, multiplayer experiences on, your, on the other side of the fence that don't have that same pull, Ghost of Tsushima does not have anything close to Halo. Their multiplayer is not Halo. Factions, what's that? It apparently doesn't exist, and that was promised. And we're seeing more and more hiring for that get done as we get further into the future. What is going on? And that is my, and that's just my biggest problem is the way that people are more so addressing it. It's one thing to give constructive criticism. It's another thing just to beat a dead horse. And yes, the most recent update that they gave us, it's not, it's not the greatest, but I'm not seeing unless somebody else wants to give it to me, throw it in my DMs, throw it in chat where they said that, uh, where they're blaming the community for the state of Halo. From everything I've read, I didn't get that. They take a responsibility for them not being able to push out content. They've apologized multiple times. They know that it's taking a long time to get stuff out there. And they are working on things. Again, I can, I can guarantee you by November, we're probably going to be having a different conversation. And yes, oh, it's a year later. The game should have been delayed. I don't think that it should. I still don't think it should have. I don't, personally. I don't think delaying the game would have, would have there been more polish, of course. That's, that's with any game. But the game is still doing well for its current state. It is still some of the best PvP gameplay 
that you will find on any console. Any. Gun mechanics. The maps. How easy it is for you to get into matches. The versatility in the gameplay. The only other game that's doing that is Destiny. Whether you want to, whether you want to believe that or not, or if you want to say Call of Duty, but I personally I've fallen off the Call of Duty train. It's just, again, I understand the complaints. I'm not saying that they're oh they're they're outlandish, whatever the case might be. But I've we keep having these same conversations. And we're beating a dead horse. If you're that mad about it, then stop playing it. I am an avid Halo fan. But as an avid Halo fan, I can also sit here and tell myself, all right, well, if Halo's gonna take some time to come out with some content, oh, I finished the season pass. What else I need to get in, what else I need to get into? 100 percent Donner Wandering Dutch. I'm I'm having a real grind my gears moment, because it does. It grinds my gears because the and speaking of gears, the gears community is the same way. It's the same exact way. But it's just to me, on one hand, it does speak to the greatness of Halo, but it also speaks to how much work they have to go, how much more work they have, especially in our current status quo. People want things quick. People don't want to wait for a long time. People don't want to wait six months for a season pass. People were, gonna, people were complaining about how long it was taking to level up, and now people completed a season pass within the first three months of the game. Two months of the game. After they made the adjustments. And now people are complaining about content. It's that entitlement thing. I, I, like, I just don't get it. I get... Like, again, I, I get, oh, uh, you know, well, is, is it a problem with me asking for more? No, it's not. I, I, I get you. But you don't do this with any other game. Again, I'm still waiting on one person to name me one game that has the same stigma. But then people also say it's trash. It's a dead game. But this is the only game that you're talking about. When people argue, this is the game that they bring up every time. Oh, look at Halo. I thought Halo was dead. Why are we still talking about Halo then? It's not dead. It's all you're thinking about. Or you're using this for a standard why Xbox can't, can't support studios. Or why Xbox is going to make Activision worse. Look at Halo. It's not a good example. Things do need to change, especially in the society that we're in now. Yes. They were unprepared, and that's unfortunate. But you as a gamer need to either support or play your backlog or play other games. Because if you had other games to play or if you were playing other games, you wouldn't be complaining. I'm not complaining about Halo. I can also be honest and say, yeah, man, it's missing some shit. If you want to reach a wider audience, you're missing some shit. And that's the only real problem that I have. 
is that there's not enough there to continuously bring in more people when you compare it to other things around it like apex like fortnite like call of duty that do these things but also understand that each one of those games when they went that route were struggled in their first season struggled their first two seasons hey newsflash ladies and gentlemen when you played warzone how long were you playing that same map tell me how long were you playing that same map apex how long were you playing that same map fortnite how long were you playing that same map I'm just that and, and that's my point. That's all that I'm saying. Give it time or don't. You as a gamer need to decide what you want to do. If you if it's not for you anymore, then it's not for you. I could jump in right now with people who want to play some Halo and we could probably have a fucking fantastic time. And that is just the and that's just the overall point. There's things that need to be worked on. Um I just again grinds my gears. People continuously blame, uh, complaining about something and trying to make it seem like they don't give a fuck. That's, that's not the case. They've come out multiple times and said, we've made this game for the community, but it needs work. They have said that. And if I'm wrong in any facet of what I've said during this whole conversation, let me know so we can have a conversation. So we can talk in the background. So you can call me out on some things and say, steal, or you say this, and now you're saying, so we, let's have that conversation. And Pong, if I'm saying anything off base, let me know so we can, so we can address those things and talk about those things. No, that's why, that's, why, that's why I interjected when I did was to make sure that people realize that, again, you weren't trying to do exactly what we were just talking about and that there was valid criticism to Halo. Yes. And we have talked yes. about it here specifically. Multiple that times. This isn't, that this isn't just a steel rant to rant about, you know, just be, that Halo is perfect no. and that everybody should shut up and just play the game. That's not what you were going for. You were just talking about the piling on that continuously happens at this point when 343 has addressed many things not everything up to where they should have that you have talked about that previously that you admit that there's things that they are lacking at this time that could be better, right? That it wasn't just a straight up, Hey, haters go away thing that it was, Hey, look, let's chill out. Let's chill out on all this, that there's constructive criticism to be made. But again, as we talked about in the previous conversation it crosses a line at certain points and there's certain times where you just got to chill out back off let them do what they're going to do come back and play it when you're ready to play it or don't come back and sometimes as i've talked about it's hard to let go things that we love that sometimes don't turn out the way that we want them to do or that we don't want them right that they've changed in a certain way that we don't like sometimes it's very hard for people fans to let go of those things but don't attack just to attack do it the right way and i think that the plenty of conversation has been had around halo just gotta let yeah. the devs get down to business and finish what they need to finish and then when they come out with the new information when they come out with the next roadmap when they finally get ready to talk about exactly what we're going to see in season two then we can have another conversation 
right? Then we can talk about exactly what they've done right, what maybe what they're still not doing right. Then we can have another conversation. But let them get down to business and do their thing. That, that's all it comes down to for yeah. me on and, the outside looking in. And we and again we, we and, and we live in a, we just we're in a different space right now. I mean, that's why I'm making that reference to five years ago because people aren't shoulder to shoulder. People are making their way back in office. And if you've never worked at least on a computer or have, have sent files over a computer over the internet before, go send a hundred gigabyte file to somebody and see how that goes. Tell, tell me how that goes. And then you tell me, since you're a game dev all of a sudden, how quick they should be getting things done. On a on a triple A IP. You tell me. That's actually well polished. For what it is. Lack of content, but goddamn is that game polished. That's just my personal opinion. Uh again, I'm always open for conversation. Again, I am an avid Halo fan. I'm passionate about Halo. I love Halo. But I can also say that I live in a, we live in a different space. I can put down Halo and play Batman. I can put down Halo and play Tiny Tina. I can put down Halo and play Forza. There's so many other games out here now. I can come back to it when I'm ready. Right. Especially if it's being, brought, being properly supported. If you live, breathe, and die, and this is the only game that you play, I feel you, man. But guess what? There's other experiences for you to have. And that's that, and that's that's all I'm saying. Sometimes it's okay to take a step back. That's all. It is. Um, with hey, that, hey, go ahead. Hey, Jacob, uh, real quick, Jacob. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as your question about Boom, um, well, again, I'm not going to assume what angle Boom is coming from. He asked Fongsol, uh, "Do you know what Boom means with his upcoming stream title? PlayStation's new service may have gotten uh, the Activision Blizzard deal approved." Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna assume to know what boom, uh, what angle he is going to take on that subject. Uh, what I will say is that he's probably the most likely angle he's coming from with that, with that statement is that because uh, they announced their service now, that there is competition in the service space, and and maybe Steele and I will get into that we'll whole thing. That next, probably, yeah, we're gonna get it. Yeah, so. So there, there's now now whether or not you agree that it's a direct competitor to Game Pass isn't going to matter uh, at the end of the day. Different what it means is that Sony's dropping into that sector, which is one of the things that the FTC could look at. Again, go watch Hoglaw's video on all of this. He's got multiple videos on this subject, uh, and he speaks on this, that one of the angles the FTC could take as far as the competition goes and whether or not there's fair competition with a deal like this is that they could specifically and only look at the, the game service like Game Pass and say, Microsoft's got a complete control over that sector. So with Sony now announcing it, Microsoft and their attorneys can go, no, we don't. Sony's jumping in. Whether or not it looks like it right now, they're getting ready to ramp up. So there's competition already coming. And so I think that's where that that's the angle that Boom's going to probably take is that, that the one spot that that the FTC could really hone in on with Game Pass being basically the only service of its type out there that if Microsoft gets too much control over too many IPs that they could 
kind of force everybody to not even have a chance that that is now out the way that Microsoft can go ahead and say, nope, they're in it. They're in it. They're buying up studios. They're ready. They're going to rock and roll with us. So we got to prepare for that future. So that that's the angle I would take on it. So which I'm I, assuming that's what which I feel, which I still think is yeah. hilarious when I thought, I thought, I thought Microsoft was in fourth place, third place, whatever place that y'all that people like to say yeah. that they're in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're the concern though. Right. That's the, that's the overall market, correct? And that's a big point that Microsoft is going to use in that, those talks is, hey, we're third place. We're still going to be third place after this deal. So what I, are you talking about? I thought I thought Game Pass wasn't viable, so why do we keep having this conversation? <laughs> right. Mm. Exactly. So it, again, it, it's it, it, that just plays that two that that two mind thing. Like <laughs> on one hand, you say that it's not viable. On the other hand, you say that oh, they're uh, they're a monopoly. They're, they're not Let's giving everybody business. room. So, but we, and, and we definitely will. So yeah. with that, talking about it and everything, um, this is going to be brought to you by Video Game Chronicles. Shout out to VGC. Again, they do excellent content. Um, this was posted by Jordan Midler. Um, and it's concerning, um, concerning, this is regarding um, the things that Jim Ryan has said this week in reference to PlayStation and the new PlayStation Plus service. So, what is it called now? PlayStation Plus Premium? PlayStation Play, oh, Premium? that's the highest. I think the highest tier is called PlayStation Premium. Is that the, the Premium? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, the highest tier is called PlayStation Premium. Uh, but I think I think it's still I think it's still PlayStation Plus Premium or is PlayStation Plus. Yeah. I I believe I believe so. If I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but. The article starts off as such. Jim Ryan says Sony's games could suffer by adding them to PlayStation Plus on day one. Um, one of the quotes that they took out on this one just at the beginning is going to be, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. So, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan has said in a new interview that Sony's games could suffer if they were added to PlayStation Plus day one. Uh, Ryan's comments appeared on a new interview uh, with GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, they do have some good content, though they are up and down. Um, and he was asked about adding new Sony first-party titles to the service in the game uh, was what Microsoft does with its Xbox Game Pass. Um, again, he said that this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, the virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. And we think that the knock-on effect on the quality of games that we make would not be something that the gamers want. Keyword what the gamers want, what your ecosystem wants. All right. Ryan also spoke about the changing environment that video games and Sony find themselves in. Who would have said even four years ago that you would see AAA PlayStation IP being published on PC? He asked, referring to the PC ports of a Horizon Zero Dawn and Guard of War. We've had critical success and great commercial success, and everybody has made their peace with that happening, and it's completely at ease with it. I look back four years and think nobody would have seen this coming. Goes on to say, all I'm talking today is the, the approach we're taking in the short term 
The way our publishing model works right now, it doesn't make any sense. But things can change very quickly in this industry, as we all know. Now, the reason I kind of slowed down on that on that part right there is because a lot of people were running with these statements previously and not acknowledging the follow-up statements that were made after. We have stated here on Living Split Screen, at least, that Sony would not be able to do the same thing Xbox does. Why? Because Microsoft now fully supports Xbox. Sony has always fully supported PlayStation. And they do not have the same money to play with. Microsoft was also second fiddle. Coming out of, coming out of seemingly nowhere to provide competition to Sony that Sony has allowed to happen. Sony has been in this industry longer, has been doing console gaming consistently and doing it very well longer. Sony also came out with a subscription service before Xbox did, as far as the whole PlayStation Now thing and everything else. They did that first. No, was that 2014, 2015, where they ended up putting that out? And Game Pass didn't come out until 2017? Yes, there's always been Xbox Live. Xbox Live demonstrated to you what investing in an ecosystem and what that can do for servers, structure, um, parties. Online gaming would not be what it is today if it wasn't for Xbox Live. Point blank, period. You can acknowledge that or not. That's completely up to you. But my biggest problem with it's always been with Sony is that, yes, people used to say, oh, well, I can play Sony for free. Oh, it was a free, it was a free place to play. Oh, I don't have to pay for anything. Then they started charging you. Why is that a problem to me? Sony doesn't have very many multiplayer games. If any. That are very noticeable. And again, I'm not saying that people don't play those games, whatever the case may be, they do. But it's not in line with what your competitor is doing, which has always been a problem for me, which is why I laugh when people say competition, competition, competition. So you want competition with single player games, but you don't want competition with multiplayer games. That's what you're telling me. Which has always been my argument that I've never understood. Although... In my experience, single-player games are always better a year to two years after they've released. Why? Because all the content comes out after. Multiplayer games get better over time. They're good up front, in most cases. Some cases they fail, like we've, like we've seen with, um, what was the game that... Uh, they got put out, that got canceled. It was that Melee game. Uh, it'll come back to me. I can't think of it right now. It was on the tip of my tongue. But either way, there are multiplayer games that will fail. But saying you want competition for single-player games, oh, you want Xbox to do single-player games and you need to do it well, and but not have competition on the multiplayer front has always been a problem to me, which is, number, which is one of the biggest reasons why I don't have that same investment in that ecosystem because they haven't done it as well, nor do they have as much that I'm interested in. 
neither here or there. Sony has officially announced its three new three-tier subscription service, which will use the PlayStation Plus brand. As previously reported, the service will combine two of Sony's existing subscription offerings, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, and phase out the branding of the latter. So, before I pass it off to you, Pong, and how you kind of feel about this whole, the whole, this whole snafu, this whole scenario, I do want to start off by saying, because I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to get down, you're going to go down this alley too. I don't know what people were expecting when PlayStation put this out. Like people were coming, people are coming out and saying, oh man, they're not doing day and day. Oh, this is trash. Oh, this isn't going to be worth it. This is not a competitor. Haven't, didn't we all say that already? That that wasn't going to be the case? That Sony can't do the same thing? That a lot of people don't want Sony to do the same thing that Xbox is doing even though I don't understand that because it doesn't do anything but help Bleeding Edge. Thank you, Fahim Scott. Thank you. Bleeding Edge was the game that I was speaking about earlier um, that came in, came and went, unfortunately. Um, but we already stated that Sony wasn't going to be able to do the same thing. So to be in an uproar that Sony isn't doing the same thing all of a sudden is... On one hand, asinine to me. On the other hand, it, it kind of comes across disingenuous because, again, Sony doesn't have that same infrastructure. They haven't worked on it. Again, Jim, I honestly believe, like me and Pong have talked about on several occasions, that he is still in the process of in-between power. He can only do so much. He has to appease the board. He has to appease to those old traditional standards. Oh, we sell, We got to sell these games at $70. I was giving Pong a little bit of math in the background. And I'm going to ask you guys the same kind of question. Would you rather make $100 million a month or see the $100 million a month or make $22 million a month? Which one makes more sense? It typically costs, and I'll know a lot of these things say, oh, it takes about a hundred million to to create games. That's that's the investment. Oh, we got a hundred, we got these hundred million dollar games that we got to put out. Oh, those wouldn't be doable on a subscription service. Okay, but if you're making a hundred million dollars a month off a subscription service, off of one game, and these are, and it's hard. Another thing about this too, it's hard to give a lot of these things metrics, which is why I'm using something very simple, saying hundred million dollars is twenty-two billion. The reason I use that metric is what I did is I did some a little bit of math, just just a little bit, something simple. I took a seventy. I took one game over five years, because typically in in the past it is typically taken. Five years, four to five years for 15 to 20 million people to touch that one IP. And most games don't even reach that. So me giving 20 million is already hitting. I'm, I'm giving every game that comes out that's a AAA game at least. Oh, they're guaranteed to hit 20 million in five years, which doesn't happen. 
Again, I think Spider-Man is just now getting close to that, and it's been out since 2018. So, what, we're four years on that, going into five years. Um, Ghost of Tsushima still hasn't hit that. Last of Us hasn't hit that um, still. So, it's giving you a wide spectrum. So, just to kind of explain my math a little bit, where the 22 million is coming from is, what I did is, it was somewhere in the range, if I did, if you took $70 and you multiplied that by 20 million people, you come out with about 1.7 billion or some shit like that. Or so it might be a little bit higher, a little bit less, whatever the case. And then you take that five years and you break it down what it would be on a month-to-month basis. That's $22 million. That's just one game. I understand what, like, I, I get when people say, oh, you know, you want to spend that, you want to support the dead, you want to spend $70. And my thing is, though, why I ask, why would you rather have $100 million up front or $22 million up front is that, Game Pass isn't just one game. It's a library of games. Game Pass is the driving factor for Xbox right now. And I don't think is a down point to the service at all. Game Pass has not deteriorated the quality of games. Yes, have some not the best quality of games come in there? Sure. Early on in Game Pass life. There's also been not great quality games that have always come out Mm -hmm. that you were paying $60 for before. There's been quite a few times within the last 10 years where I've spent $60 for a game and been unhappy because I thought it was going to be one thing and it turned out to be something completely different. I think that if Anthem was had the more of a life in Game Pass, if there was some better deal that could have been established there, we could be having a different conversation as far as Anthem goes. That's, that's something completely different. I'm just using that as, as for reference. Game Pass doesn't degrade the quality of games. By that metric, are you saying Gears isn't of good quality? Are you saying Forza isn't of good quality? Are you saying Halo isn't of good quality? Are you saying uh, Weird West isn't of good quality? Are you saying Age of Empires isn't of good quality? There's more games that I can keep naming that Pong could also follow up with. Are you saying that those games aren't of good quality? No, you can't say that. You can't be honest and say that. You can say that they're not for you. That's a different conversation, though. My biggest point is that to say that my whole biggest thing about saying that, oh, we put it, we put it day and day or whatever the case might be. Um, it's not like when people still say that it's not sustainable. My biggest problem with that is that MLB, the show proves to you that it is, it is a PlayStation wise. Why I came in with some smoke about it. It is a PlayStation developed game. Yes. Was because of MLB stepping in has now been put on multiple consoles, including switch, but it's coming day and date to game pass. And now in the second year being coming to game pass is giving game pass subscribers a benefit by getting the game early, you get points, you get these things. What are you getting as a PlayStation gamer? Isn't that a slap in the face to you? Why isn't MLB in your in, in PlayStation Now then? Or PlayStation Plus? Isn't that a slap in the face to you? As somebody who is 
developing the game? Oh, your competitor gets it on their service. If I if I was heavily invested in the Sony ecosystem, I had to pay $70 for MLB to show for an example, and a buddy of mine got it in Game Pass, it would make me feel some type of way. You spending more money for a game doesn't make you any better of a gamer. You spending more money for a game doesn't make me some broke boy all of a sudden. I don't get that thought process. So you would rather spend more money for something than have the opportunity to pay a little less and get more value for games. Mind what we're talking about here. For games, you'd rather spend more money because that equals value. That, that equals a better game to you. Seventy dollars is a better game to you. Okay, lose that same argument. Why haven't I bought Horizon yet? Why haven't I bought um, Last of Us yet? Last of Us Two. Why didn't I got get Ghost of Tsushima? Why am I not invested in the PlayStation ecosystem? If, the, if, if, the, if those standards that you're setting for yourself are true, they're your opinion. And that's okay. You can have an opinion. And that's how you feel great. But you cannot tell me that spending $70 for games is better than paying my 15 bucks a month. Or, because I pay, I, we all pay games. Game Pass, for those who just magically forget, does not keep you from buying games. Matter of fact, actually, when you're a Game Pass subscriber, you actually get a percentage off. Isn't like 10% off on the game when it comes out? Yep. Sometimes more. Sometimes. And not only that, they got to set up, they got to set up in such a way where you get rewards, you get bonus, you can get gift cards. There's there's so many other things that are in play that nobody ever talks about. They just talk about, oh, people don't buy games. Oh, y'all don't buy games. Okay. So as someone who grew up having to buy games and had to make tough decisions on buying games because, let's face it, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. I never understood the concept of saying that it is more worth to pay full price for like seven for seventy dollars for sixty seventy dollars for a game than it is to get your games in a subscription service. I I don't understand that. Is it sustainable to Sony right now? No. Why? Because they haven't done the back end work for it to be done. Just like the same way they haven't done the back end work to get PlayStation Three games to work on the console. Though. You have people, modders, who have an emulator on PC for PS3 games. Sony has not taken out the development time or the money to get that done because they were trying to push the narrative of we believe in generations, which was shot down, right? Cause you see the angle that they're going now. Now, now people care about. Oh, I, yeah, I want, I want all of my PlayStation library. I thought we don't play old games. That's what a lot of people were saying. You don't like playing older games. 
there's just so many things that are kind of contradictory to each other, just the same way Jim kind of contradicted himself in this article. But at the same time, he still does state that it's just not something right now. And as I've stated before here, if you think that Sony games are not going to come to uh, PC sooner than they have before, you are sadly mistaken. Because I can guarantee you, Jim is a money guy. There's a reason he's in that position. There's a reason he's getting paid the big bucks. He understands the potential. The numbers from Game Pass have, have proven it. It works. People have spent more money in the service than they would have previously. You can have all the, I have testaments in chat all the time. There's plenty of people here who say, I, I have Game Pass and I've invested in more games than I ever have before. So you, so you like people like to take things and spin their own narrative, but what's going to work for their community. And if you like being a show like Maury, or you want to be uh, Jerry Springer and that's the kind of content you're into dope. I feel you. I used to watch Jerry Springer back in the day. I thought it was hilarious. If that's the type of clown show that you that you guys want to get into and that's where, where your laurels stand, I feel you. But you cannot tell me that thing, games coming into Game Pass devalue games or lessen the quality of games. They don't. If anything, you get more of an upfront investment instead of waiting five years to get that investment. Or to get your money back from the game. And that's just one game. Jim Ryan himself has come out. And this is where I'm going to pass it off to you, Pong, after this. Jim Ryan himself has come out and says the current model is not sustainable. So for him now to come out and say this, that is why I say it's not, it's very contradictory. You can't say your current model is unsustainable and then say, well, Subscription service isn't sustainable either. So what's sustainable then? Do you, can somebody tell me? And that's, that's my biggest point. I agree with Jim. The way we were doing things before does not work. Waiting five years for 20 million people to touch your game, if it ever gets to there, is not going to work for the future if you want to be able to continue to play single player games. If you continue doing the things you wave, you always done it. You're going to continue to get what you've always gotten. Y'all like that old adage, right? That how that saying goes. The way that we are going right now, if they do not figure out a way to put single player games in a service, Single-player games will die. I do not want that. Because single-player games do have some of the greatest experiences. They do. And there's a huge community of people who love those style of games. I actually want them to get more support. So we can expand those worlds even further. 
again, I take the RTS view, step back and see what the potential is. If you want only live service games, so I don't agree with that either. Live, just doing live service games isn't the answer. All live service games don't work. They don't. It's, that's why everybody does it and fails. People continuously do try to do it and fails. Just like, um, what was that? Was that New Order from Amazon? What was that game? Um, what was the game that Amazon put out that nobody's speaking on now? Oh, uh, yeah, it was um, a new world. New world. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's difficult to have game these games that are games of a service that that kind of got to live on. It hits in the moment and then it dies or it goes away. <laughs> Not Lost Ark. Lost, Lost Ark is doing really well. Lost Ark also has a lot of uh, has a lot of Asia support too. So. It's going to continue to do well. There's whales. Lost Ark might be coming to console. I hope so, because that would definitely give me another reason to uh, to jump to jump back in. Because as of right now, with all the different games that I'm playing and everything else, it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to jump back in now on PC now currently. Um, and I think by the time it comes to console, it's going to be done a lot better. BDO is is a perfect example of that too. Um, I feel like BDO once it came to Xbox. Because it came to Xbox first before it came to PlayStation for a while. Um, I feel like it did a, it did that game a lot of justice. But, um, Pong. Yeah. How do you feel about this whole scenario um, saying that these mm-hmm. games coming out or that saying that the quality of Sony games would suffer if they release it on PlayStation Plus day one? Is that is Jim off base on that or does it just kind of speak more to some of the things that we've uh, touched on in the past? What do you think? Uh, you brought up valid points, uh, steel in a lot of different ways. Uh, so let me start here. Number one, I agree with you. I spoke on this lesson on Xbox ultimate too. I don't understand the react. I understand the reaction from the circus. I knew it was going to happen. I said that last week, whatever they announced, it was going to be a shit show on the internet. And that's exactly what it turned out to be. Okay. The circus clowns on both sides were out in full force. However, for the people that, again, like you talked about steel, that we've been speaking on this here. I've spoken on it with many people on many different shows for the level headed people out there. I didn't get the reaction like of surprise that Sony wasn't doing more. Now I understand from a selfish standpoint, from a gamer standpoint, we all would want Sony to come out and compete one for one with Xbox. Absolutely. A game pass competitor straight out the gate. Absolutely. As a gamer, I'd want that knowing that when I eventually do get a PS five, that I could hop into an ecosystem similar to game pass, Bro, of course, of course, we all want that. The problem being is is what we all knew as level-headed gamers in this community was that Sony was never going to be able to do that out the gates. This is going to be an evolution. We had Schreier came out with his initial post kind of uh, leaking the information that they were thinking about doing this, that they were going to do this. And then we had Paul Tassi follow up with a great article talking about how this was simply going to be a rebrand. We had Jeff Grubb follow up with details that he found out exactly how the tiers were going to work. And he was nearly spot on 100%. All this information was out there for everybody. Sony, this was the plan from the beginning. As you talked about, as we talked about, Jim Ryan is beholden to the Sony board. 
They have a old school business mentality. It is a slow it is a slow process to convince them that they need to go in a different direction when they've had the success that they've had in the past. Jim Ryan is a numbers guy. He's not a gamer. Okay. We can all agree upon that. Jim Ryan, again, I've talked about it here as a spokesman for gamers is terrible. When you compare him to somebody like Phil who has both sides, the yin and yang, he's got the business side and he's got the gamer side. Jim Ryan is one side. He is a numbers guy through and through. Jim Ryan, I can guarantee you, sees the future of where this industry is headed. He can see the future that subscription services, whether you agree or disagree with them, are a part of the future. Now, whether or not you believe they're the whole future, hey, that's a whole different discussion, right? Right. But as of this moment, Jim understands the numbers better than most anybody else. He's internal Bill came out specifically last year in an interview and said that he believed that Sony would go day and date. Now he has conversations with Jim. Again, the, the thought that they're at war, that these, these top guys never talk to each other is BS. They get together and they talk. Are they, are they giving each other the details of their strategies? Right. Of course they're not, but they're having conversations in general about the industry, where it's going, because they are the major players here. So, of course, they're going to talk. Phil obviously got the impression that Sony would do day and date on their service. That first paragraph that you read, Steele, is what everybody focuses on. As we know, in today's society, that's all we do is read the headlines. Everybody ran with that first paragraph. In the current model structure is what Jim's talking about. In their current structure, in what the board sees as the most successful way of business of doing business for PlayStation going forward. He is absolutely correct. He spoke about that last year in when he talked about the, the console market being capped and how he understood that Sony, he wanted to reach more players than just the console market when talking about moving their games to PC, et cetera. He also said in that interview, he talked about the expensive part of gaming, the development process, these games now costing $100, $200 million and plus, that that was not sustainable. That's why he's saying that they need to branch out. That's why they started putting their games on PC. They need to bring in more revenue streams. Then later this year, we hear this year, I said earlier this year, uh, he comes out and admits that they're working on 10 games as a service. He understands where the industry is going. Okay. So from that standpoint, he is correct in saying that for them, when they're going to spend a hundred to $200 million for them, because they don't have the backing of a $2 trillion company. Yes, that is not sustainable for them to put one and done games. And again, that's not a slight on those games. People could say they go back and play them. That's fine. That's the hardcore fans. That's that's a small percentage of people. Most people play a single player game that does not have any expansions, that does not have any multiplayer. They play it once and they sits on their shelf or they trade it into GameStop if they buy it physical. Otherwise, it's just in their library and very few people percentage wise will go back and play that game multiple times. So a one and done game that costs 100 to 200 million dollars to put a day and date in service, if that's all you have in your lineup, which Sony's current model, they've put themselves in that corner, 
Yes, that's not sustainable per se, because you're going to have people, as we talked about here, Steele, join your service for a month or two months, finish that game, and then cancel. And that can't be what you have when you want to make a subscription service work. We know this, right? You have to have continuous content coming in there to keep people engaged, to keep people subscribed month after month, because that's when the value of that service goes up because of that monthly money coming in. Okay. That's when a subscription service, Jim has got to take this in a tactful approach. That's why his, the following paragraph where he says, point blank, I'm not saying that we're never going to do it, right? I'm not saying we're never going to do it because he knows eventually they're going to evolve to a point where they start doing it. Now, are they going to put every game in their day and date out the gates when they finally get to that point? No, I don't believe. I still believe it's going to be like the PC transfer that we see now that switch over to PC. We're going to see certain titles come in their day and day eventually once they get to a comfortable position. When they get their games as a service up and running and now you have those engagement numbers in your service because those games as a service, I believe, will be dropping in there because that's how you get that revenue stream working. We've seen it on Xbox. Xbox set themselves up for the service by having a diverse set of games. Sony, unfortunately, is known to be masters of one type of game for the most part. So now they have to expand and get diverse. That's what they're doing. That's why you saw all these purchases. But again, Jim has to convince the board. The board has to see why this is going to work. Jim has to have the numbers to back that up and say, look, guys, Now we've got all these revenue streams coming in. Now you can see how games as a service working. We're going to have our studios start. They're still going to make their single player games. They Herman Hulse came out and said that specifically to the fan base. Hey, we're not going away from our single player games, but guess what? Those single player games are going to have more DLC. Those single player games are going to have some microtransactions in there for the people who want to spend money. That's going to start to change the business model where Jim can go to the board and say, okay, Now we're set up. Now we can start discussing about how we're going to support the service, how we're going to attract new people. This initial rebranding was not to attract new people to their service. This was to convert their current fan base over into something. And I'll point out a couple other things about this. This is not launching until June. As of right now, that's the date that they said. Sometime in June. Yep. We've got a couple months between here and June, April, May, and then June. Yep. I expect the lead up to that for them to expand on what they've given us here. These are going to be the tiers. The tiers are what they are. However, I expect some third-party deals to come through. We saw that with Samurai Warrior 3 Okay, in March. They put dropped that into PlayStation Plus day and date. I expect more third-party deals to entice people as well to give value. I expect they're working with their partners like Square Enix, who they're extremely close with, to make sure Final Fantasy's in there as well. This isn't going to be just a done deal. Hey, you only get to play backwards compatible games and you know PS Plus, the collection's going to be there and certain games like Returnal. And I will point out Returnal's coming there. Yes, it's 14 month mm-hmm. old by the time this hits, but it's still a first party game that they are dropping in there. But they're going to also add in third-party games as well to make sure that the value is there. They're going to do this step by step. 
And then Jim is going to eventually be able to convince the board that this is sustainable, that in fact, it's not only sustainable, but it's going to actually allow them to make more games, to make bigger games in the end, because, hey, we now have 30 million, 40 million, 50 million subscribers whenever they get to that point. And we have all this money coming in. Now it's time to make the full switch over. We need to change our business model up to prepare or not even prepare, but to get in line with how this is all working now, that this is the future, that this is the model that is going forward, is going to help us succeed. And I think that's the ultimate play here. So again, this initial run, I understand people's frustrations as gamers, as Mm -hmm. people who want to play on PlayStation. I'd love to say, yeah, PlayStation put out a competing service for my $18 a month on the premium side. I'm going to get everything and more out of PlayStation, but that's not going to happen right now. Again, because they're not trying to draw new people and they're not trying to convince new people to sign up for the service. All they're trying to do is existing customers to convert over to one of those tiers and stay in there and keep playing and then slowly build off of this. This was just the starting point for them. So that's all there is to this from my point of view. Again, reading the crystal ball, this is all speculation town. Nobody knows internal numbers. None of us are part of these companies and know the actual, you know, figures that they're working with, but you can see it from the outside looking in that Sony themselves, again, because they don't have the bankroll of a Microsoft, they can't just simply, you know, flip a switch and say, hey, we're just going to change our whole business model. This is what it's going to be going forward. That's not how it's going to work. They have other things that they need to change internally amongst the studios, how they produce games, what those games are going to look like, the how we're going to keep engagement going. We have to add diverse games in there, like games as a service. We saw it with Gran Turismo. Yep. I will say this. I would not be shocked if Gran Turismo is one of the first games that drops in there as well, because that game is set up perfectly. It's going to piss off a lot of people yep. who paid $70 on top of microtransactions. But that's why they did that. That's their true first games as a service. And I can say I, I had talked about it and made that statement prior to polyphony coming out finally and acknowledging that this is a games as a service, mm-hmm. but they did that on purpose. That's a perfect game to drop in and say, Hey, you can get Gran Turismo, right? Again, it's going to piss off the hardcore fans, but even if they don't drop the full game, let's just say they drop a, a, a cut down version of Gran Turismo mm-hmm. into that service. Again, those are the types of steps they can take to make this change happen it's vital that they do that like you talked about steel when it comes to figures and numbers if you just take round numbers there's marketing involved there's, there's percentages so involved. There's so, there's so much involved right that gets cut out of those numbers but if you just take up money you just take it as whole numbers okay of you're not even looking at the development time you have to wait for a game to profit not only from the start of your development time, so with Sony games, four to five years on average, right. we'll say three to five years on average, Okay, right. three to five years on average, you're paying people that entire time to develop the game and you're not making any money off of it. Then you launch it. Then you wait another three to five years for peak sales numbers. Yep. Okay, so that now we're talking six to 10 years before you're seeing the fruits of all of your work. Whereas if you have a service, that you get a lot of people subscribe to, you get that money up front 
monthly. And you, again, all through the development time, you're still making money. Invest. All through the development time, you're making money. Then you launch it. You've already got money up front. Everybody understands basic money. Would you rather have a million dollars in your hands day one, or would you have a million dollars spread out over 10 years? Most good, people good who point. understand money want to get that million dollars up front. There's inflation, right? There's all sorts of things. You can invest that bulk money in and make money over those 10 years that you'd be waiting to get that, that million dollars total. Get a hundred million. Right, right, exactly. Everybody knows this. Basic 101, okay? That's why they'll eventually do that. Again, I'm not saying that every game is going to be their day and date someday. Maybe it will. They get a big enough subscriber base and they change their entire model and they have a big enough uh, amount of studios underneath their umbrella that they can put out consistent content. Certainly possible that they could do that. But eventually they will start dropping day and date games. It's going to be select to start out just like they're doing with PC. But again, that's how Sony works. To expect anything different from this company at this point means that you're not you're not you're not being neutral when you're looking at who Sony is and what they do. Yep. Again, this this is how they do business. This is a lot to do with the board and yep. the tradition that they have there. Jim Ryan's not in control like Phil is. Okay. Jim Ryan's got a lot of power, a lot of say. He's doing a lot of things that he wants to do. But Phil goes to one man. Phil answers to one person. Yes, they've got the Microsoft board, but let's not fool ourselves. Satya controls that board. Okay. Satya is the one who placed Xbox on that board and said, you are now a pillar of Microsoft. Okay. Phil has to go to Satya and convince one man of all of this. Whereas Jim's got a whole entire board of non-gamers who don't understand a thing about other than they see what's worked for them in the past Mm -hmm. and they have a traditional mindset most of them, again, being Eastern older men on the Sony board, mm-hmm. Jim has to go convince all of them that this is going to work and that this is the way to go. That's a totally different thing than Phil has to do. So again, it's, it's going to take time. Sony's going to get there, but I love that they started this process because it means that eventually we're going to see value come out of Sony. Eventually there will be a service that does offer value. And again, For some people, it's going to. For some people who love backwards compatibility, they're going to love this service. It's going to combine PS Now. Hopefully, they're doing more downloading than streaming. That's another thing that they have to address. They have to be very clear about what games are going to be downloadable and what games are still going to be streaming because we know streaming quality is not up to par. So that's that's always been a big negative with PS Now. So they are going to have to fix that. I will criticize them. On a couple things here, it's 2022 for them not to have PS3 backwards compatible in even an emulator form in 2022 when other people are doing it on PC, it's not perfect. And I get that it's tough because of the cell processor and there's a lot of issues. It's heavy. Okay. I get it. But for Sony themselves, for a technology that they themselves created, that they can't put the resources in it to make PS3 games work backwards compatible. That's wrong. Okay. And that, that is on Jim Ryan. I think that goes back to Jim's statements about who wants to play old games. I think that goes back to his limited mentality because he's not a gamer when it comes to that side of things that he, even if it would take less work 
on Sony's side to do it. He's not willing to invest in that and just say, not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. We're not going to do that. For them not to have PS3 games on there is inexcusable at this point in 2022. And also for them not to have Vita games available when you got PSP games. Vita was one of the greatest handheld systems of all time. Sony abandoned it because it wasn't doing the sales numbers they wanted it to, even though it was doing great numbers, even if you take it in a vacuum. If you compare it to, to Nintendo, of course not. But when you take it in a vacuum, it was doing great numbers. It had some of the greatest Sony games out on the Vita. And for them not to make that backwards compatible as well is inexcusable. Those two criticisms I do have, it's like they're half ass in what they're doing when it comes to backwards compatibility, which again, when you look at Sony, their history, it's not to be unexpected. But in 2022, if you're going to push a service that promotes your backwards compatibility because your initial kind of half-hearted attempt with ps now didn't work out but now you're trying to rebrand everything and really come out and say no we got great offerings here we got this whole back library to not have those two main components of your library in there is inexcusable to me i, I think it's wrong but overall again all this side i'll just say it's great to see sony starting this process I did not have any expectations outside right. of what I saw face value. Exactly. Would I have loved to see more? Of course. Would I love to be here today saying, my God, I can't believe they're putting Ghost of Tsushima. They're putting Spider-Man. They're putting all these games into there. But I will say this. And I, I shouldn't have used Spider-Man because it's a bad example because they have confirmed that they're going to come uh, to keep that PlayStation plus uh, what was it called? PlayStation Plus. Oh, God. I can't even remember now. That list of games. I think they've got like 20 games or whatever it was okay. of their best of best titles that they offer to people who buy PS5 uh, for free. Uh, if you own PS Plus, they're going and like God of Wars and their Spider-Man's in there, et cetera. They're going to keep that that there. It's still going to be available. So they're not taking that away. So their collection, the PS Plus collection is what it is. Um, they're not going to take that away. So um, that's good news, but it would have been great to sit here and talk about how Sony said, hey, some of our games are going to come day and date. Uh, you know, we'll have more, uh, you know, we'll have more to say about that at a later date, but we are going to be dropping some first party games in there day and date. Yeah, I would have been, I would have been ecstatic to be talking about that today. I just did not expect it at all. So, yeah, no. No, and, and, and I feel like that's, that's just a bigger point of it again. Um, it's, it's crazy to me that, People were expecting some other thing. Sony themselves didn't come out. Well, I will say that there was the statement that, oh, you'll, you will hear from our Game Pass competitor down the road or whatever the case might be. There was something Correct. similar to that. Being, that there was, was said. There was. That, there was. And that's why yeah. people are saying that. And yeah, they just they didn't say it was going to be competitor right away. <laughs> no, they, they, <laughs> Again. they didn't say that either. No, no, it's just the building block. Again, this is how Sony works. And as for as long as Jim Ryan has now been in charge, you know, the honeymoon's over for anybody who doesn't understand how Jim does this stuff and how he speaks. You really do have to be careful when reading his words. He is going to use the corporate corporate speak right. a ton, but then he's going to also drop you hints about exactly 
what else he's thinking about if you read full interviews, if you listen to the full interviews, 100%. if you just don't cut out what you want for whatever narrative you're pushing, you will hear that he does drop those hints. Like I said, Steele, last year's interview was the most telling yeah. when he talked about understanding that he was capped in the console world, that he wanted to go beyond that. The Sony Hardcore, the clown show, the circus, they didn't hear any of that. No. They 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 wanted to ignore that whole interview that he was talking about that. Yeah. And again, all of a sudden these games start showing up on PC. All of a sudden they're talking about Game Pass competitors. And then we still now want to take clips and ignore the whole package of what he said, where he said, I'm not saying this is forever. I'm things change very fast in this industry. That is your hint. That is Jim winking at you in the camera saying we got plans don't worry we got plans we know we know what's coming you just got to give me time right that that's what he's doing he just needs more time to convince other people in sony to do this and that's exactly what's happening here yeah exactly you you just don't say our current model is not sustainable and then keep doing what you've been doing <laughs> like you don't come out and say oh i'm not satisfied with the numbers that we're getting right now and then yeah. Keep doing what you've been doing. <laughs> right. That doesn't work that way. And if they're in the business, like every, like other people say, uh, I know people try to use this as a, as a justified point to make them seem better than others. These companies are in business to make money. That yep. is their sole purpose. Gaming wouldn't be as big as it is if it was not making money. At the end of the day, it's always going to be a business. At the end of the day, it will always be that we are still just consumers to them. There's different ways to go about that. Obviously, Xbox has front-facing people. Obviously, they are interactive with the community. It makes you feel more appreciated as a consumer. But at the end of the day, the decisions that are made in the boardroom are going to be lopsided towards the business side of things. Again, there's different layers to that as well. Some people look to short-term. That's the other word that Jim used in that interview, short-term. And then there's the long-term view. Xbox is looking long-term. So up front, it's a lot easier for them to give us a ton of value because they're willing to invest in that to make sure that the long-term goals that they see, they can hit. But at the end of the day, it's still number-driven. We're still just a number to them. Again, that's all it's about. It's about the wallet. It's about the bank account at the end of the day. And Fahim Scott, yes, you're absolutely correct. People say they want Sean Layden back because Sean was more personable. He was more Phil-like than what Jim Ryan is. And some people don't like Jim Ryan's approach. I totally understand that. Sean Layden was a gamer. Sean Layden was the Phil Spencer of Sony. Um, and I totally agree. I have said that they, I have said that the PlayStation should actually push Herman Holst out there more because Herman is more of a gamer. He has more of a much, yeah. Yes. Yes. He is much more approachable than a Jim Ryan is as your figurehead. I'd like to see Herman talk more than Jim, but that's not what we get. We get Jim. So you got to start getting used to Jim and what he does and what he says and how he does it. Right. That's the big thing is reading Jim properly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, there's just so many avenues where this is going to take us. Um, Hey, Muppet. Organic. <laughs> he said he's been waiting for that the whole show. <laughs> organic, 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 organic. That's like you better six, get a case. That's like a six beers right there. You better start. 
<laughs> but yeah, man. Um, and again, we'll see. We will see if Game Pass is actually the true wave or if it actually works once. No. Oh, sorry. I was sorry. I'm speaking out loud because I'm reading comments. Nick, oh. you're absolutely correct. It's not hurting Ryan Jim no, Ryan one bit. These... He took he took PlayStation to the best position they've ever had in Europe. They yep. were dominating in Europe last generation because of Jim Ryan and Mind his share. decisions. Again, I respect him as a business man. Again, do I want him speaking to me as a gamer? No. Because he's not a he gamer, but it has not. But no, no, but but as far as business goes, and yeah, again, there's no doubt about it. He knows what he's doing, and I have a lot of respect for that. Again, these chess moves are fascinating because not only of company versus company, but of of the people in charge as well, and how their outlooks. It's fascinating to watch this happen on a regular basis. I love it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a hundred percent fascinating to me, and that's what gets this. That's what makes me so excited about this whole thing is because it's not about them. Putting Putting out a similar service to Game Pass, it's the it's the fact that we're really seeing competition fall hand in hand with each other, regardless of what you feel is competition or not. This is legitimately what we're seeing now. It's going to become more competitive. We're going to see more moves be made to garner more attention from the player base. And in turn, what I think is going to end up happening is that we end up breaking that ceiling. Gaming should not be tapped off at least on console and pc and mind you i'm putting all the all of them together to right around 500 million players that's every generation that's what we're capped to nintendo xbox playstation pc that's what we're capped to for people who consistently invest some point like you have to you have to keep pushing that mark so that's and, and and that's the biggest thing, man. Um, again, like I was gonna say, coming up within the next couple of years, we'll see whether Game Pass works from Microsoft or if it doesn't. If they continue, if they release double the AAA games every month, even every couple months, and they can do that every year from that point moving forward, you're talking about a steady stream of content. That is the reason why Disney Plus was able to do what it did in two years versus what Netflix has done in 10. Yep. And, and Sony's playing a game of chicken. And you and I talked about this in background. Sony, Sony's playing a game of chicken, in my view. They, they are resting on their success of the past and how of a loyal fan base they do have. They are, Jim is playing a little game of chicken here to give his you know, to give Sony enough time mm-hmm. to kind of to transform itself into a company that can put out a subscription service like we're talking about, resting on the fact that he is also giving Microsoft more time to take a bigger lead. Right. It is a game of chicken of whether or not they give Microsoft so much time that it becomes insurmountable because let's face it, yes. Microsoft, for all the work they've done, all the acquisitions they've done, their studios are not firing on all cylinders yet. Nope. We are not getting content on a regular basis. Nope. This first half of this year is dry again from first party. So they are taking a chance that Xbox could, theoretically get such a gigantic lead like Netflix did that there is no catching up. Even if Sony wanted to attempt to catch up, Jim's playing a little game of chicken here because he needs extra time again to do all the things that I said that they were doing. And that Steele talked about 
that that that's what's happening here and and we'll see again this generation is going to get quite interesting who comes out how it all plays out exactly that's what stealing i love yeah uh, and how that's and that's exactly what makes this so exciting man the the potential of what all this could end up meaning they're literally again <laughs> like jacob was saying jacob novick he says playing chicken could be dangerous it can but guess what in the past it has worked for sony Sony has played chicken and it has worked. Sony again, like we've mentioned here, Sony was going to do all the same things Xbox the Xbox One was going to do, all the exact same things. And as soon as they saw the backlash, they completely reversed their entire plan. That's competition. That's that's paying attention to what's going on. That's being smart business wise, and that's the play that we're speaking to. But. Like Pong just said, if they fall further behind in Xbox, and actually the next thing we're going to get into is this whole Undead Lab, State of Decay um, initiative thing that people are talking about, and Xbox can't seem, Phil can't seem to get in control of all the studios that he has, and they can't put out good product. If they do, if, because I don't know. I don't look into the future. I'm not, I don't get excited about future games. I get excited when I'm playing right now. Yes, I mean, like, Starfield's exciting to me because I know the, I know the pedigree. I'm looking at it at a different angle. I'm not excited about the game itself. I'm excited about the potential about it, sure. But I'm, I'm more excited because I know the pedigree that's behind it. And there are some interesting concepts that get into it, that are going into it, that do appeal to me especially from what I've seen from the art. But I don't know whether the game's going to be good or not. And they do have a lot to prove. And we will see. It's just there's so much potential to be had. There's so many things that could happen. There's so many different directions that this whole industry could end up moving. Again, if they're able to put out a game a quarter, a game every two months, whatever it ends up being, it's going to be very difficult to compete with that, especially if your games are of good quality, because that can't go, that can't be missed. You still got to have good quality games. And the games that they have lined up are games of that quality. You got Hellblade 2, you got Avowed, you got Starfield, you got Next Forza that's coming out, Forza Motorsport. Uh, you got what I mean. There's so you can keep going down the list of different games that are coming out that you could possibly be excited for that we have to see some proof of. But I do want that take that opportunity to kind of lead into the conversation of being hands off, and is this going to be something that's going to backfire on Microsoft? Or is it something that Microsoft hasn't had a chance to really put their hands in and get deep into to start making adjustments on? For example, like this entire Undead Lab situation. I believe with State of Decay 3, they were finally um, given the budget to do whatever they wanted to do with the game. Have full support. If, I, if I'm wrong on that, please correct me. But 
Uh, I'm going to start off with a couple things. I'm going to start off with this article here um, from gamesindustry.biz. Uh, this was brought to you by Jeffrey Russo. Sorry if I'm saying that name wrong. He's a staff writer for gameindustry.biz. But this is concerning the whole Undead Last uh, situation that they currently have going on. And how the development of games are seemingly being effective or how the culture of these studios um, is not currently in the best situation in, in, in some of these cases. And again, it does take time to inflict change. Things don't happen overnight. Got to move some pieces around. We're seeing that obviously with the whole Activision Blizzard thing. Um, there's a lot of craziness that's going on with that. Microsoft has taken on a lot we're just bringing that acquisition in and there's going to be a lot of stigma if things do not change. But I do believe that those things are happening and some of those things do get touched on on this article. So GameIndustry.biz goes into an article that states undead lab employees accuse studio of misogyny and mismanagement. Allegations against the state of the cave maker include that its former head of HR also enabled a harmful studio culture. So, to go into the article and say, today in a new report, alleged that state of the cave maker Undead Labs has developed a culture marked by misogyny, burnout, and mismanagement. The publication spoke to 12 current and former staffers that described the time following the studio's acquisition by Microsoft as a period of crisis understandably so right when you're when you don't have any money behind you you don't have any real funding behind you whatever the case may be we've seen it even in real life i'm pretty sure in whatever job that you've worked on you've seen management you've seen hr um you and you've seen employees that have gotten away with things that you maybe felt like they shouldn't have got away with or things aren't in good standing, um, and you don't necessarily see a change until something big happens at the top. A current developer said bluntly, the culture of the studio had up until recently. Again, listen to this, because what's crazy to me is people are blaming Microsoft for being for mismanaging their studios. But they were just recently went like when did Undead uh, Undead Labs get end up getting acquired? It wasn't that long ago, was it? That was part of the 2018 purchase, 18 I think. Deal? Yeah, so, I think so. So think. you've had a few years to kind of have some work get, input, get put in there, right? <laughs> Masters yeah. fighting unfair in the Sifu fights. Armor is a huge advantage. <laughs> hey, Nixon, they were still with my ass. I, I was. What's, what's crazy about this gameplay is that a lot of it you get to see me kind of just going through the experience. Um, I haven't had a lot of time to play with the game, so I haven't mastered any of the moves or figured out all the movements and everything. So, um, but I do agree. It, it, it's fu- it's just fun to watch and it's funny. I, I loved I loved it. But get back well, to this. Plus you don't. Plus you don't get to see your guy get older too. As you That's die. True. That's true. Because Master Chief says the same. He's immortal. Exactly. God's sakes. Exactly. But it was it was 2018, by the way. 2000, was- okay, so 2018. Um, but again, the current developer says bluntly for Undead Labs, the culture the studio had up until recently was not most hospitable for anyone that was not a white hichette man. Okay. It's Im- improved in the last six months or so, but the studio hired a lot of diverse talent that it did not adequately support 
in the past. Some of the problems came from the departure of the founder, Jeff Strain, who left the studio in 2019. So, studio was acquired in 2018. He left in 2019, and the studio's kind of been trying to grab for straw since. So, yes, Microsoft apparently was hands-off, and it hasn't had a little bit of effect on this. But, seemingly, over the years, again, you got a big boat, takes some time to turn around. They have come in and changed some things, at least from what this article is saying. So, um, so, uh, Jeff Strain, uh, was the founder for Undead Labs, and he left the studio in 2019, um, as ArenaNet head of development, Philip Holt stepped into the role as chief of staff. After Holt joined the developer, he and Strain brought on Ann Schalsler, uh, sorry if I'm saying her name wrong, as its first head of people and culture to help the company. However, according to the sources, she didn't help resolve the issues between staff and discrimination at the company. There was a guy on the State of Decay 3 team who was being blatantly sexist and Ann didn't do anything about him, a former developer told Kotaku. Uh, there was a manager of tech art team who was awful that uh, Ann sided with, and low, nearly the entire tech art team quit. All right. In response to the allegations, Slosher told the publication, as a woman whose career has been negatively affected by the kind of toxic misogyny alleged, alleged by the source of this article, I would never tolerate or excuse these kinds of behaviors, the sources alleged. Following a contested team meeting in 2021, she requested a more review of the company by Microsoft. She requested. HR interviewed staffers, and a month later, Slosser exited the company. She told Kotaku that her departure, however, was a part of a planned restructuring within the studio. That is very interesting to me. But both Arian and Undead Labs were grueling, thrilling, draining, and exhilarating experience where I learned in real time, made mistakes, matured, made more mistakes, and hopefully a few smart decisions, and matured some more, said Strands. At both of these early career studios, through the startup days to acquisition and growth into a larger company, I was always trying to learn how to do things better in every single day. These are some of the things anybody in business is always going to tell you, no matter how good or bad things are going. Um, he went on to say that at both, he attempted to reduce studio crunch and offer staff generous employee benefits. He noted that these efforts weren't perfect, but asserts they were, they were priorities for them and now. So, I'm going to tie this into um, another article that was actually um, brought up by Idle Sloth on Twitter um, that were kind of Clobrill's thoughts on the Kotaku article um, that was about Undead Labs and also thinks that say uh, that the game is not going to release until 2024, 2025. Um, Clobrill goes in to say, and if you don't know about Clobrill, he's another one of those insider guys he has a lot of knowledge he has a lot of pull in a lot of different directions he kind of he's a he has a lot of no so um take it with the grain of salt but i i, I do value his opinion say the least so jeff strain said and this was kind of the comment that he's making a comment on it was clear in 2018 that Undead Labs was going to focus on State of Decay IP and the expectations of the initial budget for State of Decay 3 were way higher than anything we'd done before, he wrote. When you own an independent studio, you are personally responsible for it. If you fail a milestone and don't get paid, you have to cover the payroll personally. 
And saving the K3 was going to be way beyond anything we could personally back financially. We needed to protect the jobs, benefits, and work culture we built up over the last uh, past eight years. So we were receptive to the acquisition discussions with Microsoft. So Clover kind of goes into touch on Undead Labs grew a lot since the acquisition with multiple offices now. Something the article mentions even as possible too fast the starts of the cost of studio culture, which happens. If you grow quickly, if you're trying to evolve, there are things that get missed out on. There are things that have to, in the long run, will have to be adjusted on the back end. And that is unfortunate in some cases, especially when you're growing. There's growing pains. Uh, the article seems to focus on uh, the article seems to focus a lot on past events and even admits that the present is looking better at the studio. So whatever needed fixing already is fixed, or they are at least in the process of doing so. While State of Decay 3 will clearly need more time, thinking 2024, 2025, the intention to bring the franchise to AAA seems to be there this time, with all its benefits and unfortunately also its costs. Paul, want to pass this off to you, kind of start this whole boat. How do you feel about this entire situation? This has opened a bigger can of worms that Microsoft is seemingly having a hard time finding that sweet spot of um, giving proper support to the studios. Um, or does it tell you that the hands-off approach just isn't working and that we need more people that are going to knock on those doors and be like, hey, man, um, what you're doing right now is trash. And you need to adjust that shit. Um, what, are, what are you kind of feeling on this, man? Has this told you anything? Um. Oh boy, this is a this. Is a, I I thought about this uh, as the story came out. A lot of facets to this deal, and a lot of missing information that we'll never know. Um, let's take on the labs specifically. Let's just take this story specifically to start. Okay, with this story, this seems to me like one of those. I, I, is so difficult because these are difficult situations to discuss because we have things like Activision Blizzard going yes. on. We have stuff. Look, this is a problem that we've talked about at different studios, but we've also talked about that this is this is a problem in business in general, right? This is this is something that happens in a lot of places, not excusing it in any way, shape, or form. But what was happening on Undead Labs, the impression that I get from reading the article, from reading the yes. quotes is this is not something that was blatant out front with flashing lights saying, hey, we got problems here, massive problems here. From the quotes, I got that this was much more in the shadows, that this was not the, the direct violations that we hear about at like an Activision Blizzard, that this was something more of a feeling that people were having within the company, but it wasn't so pervasive or so obvious that it was just something that was being talked about all the time and then was being ignored or any of those types of situations. Mm -hmm. This seems like a bunch of people who had feelings about what was being said or what was being done, but it wasn't, wasn't to the point where that they were openly speaking about it. They were more in that mode of, we're just going to work through it and keep our mouths shut. And we're just going to go on about our day. It wasn't something like, I think one of the quotes was more like it was death by a thousand cuts kind of quote, right. where it was just something that if you took it on a day-to-day -day basis, it wasn't, 
It wasn't making, it wasn't a big deal, but over time it was wearing people down. So a lot of people had built this up inside of them. Um, and then you had the situation with the owner, uh, Jeff, uh, is it Jeff Strain, um, who, who also had the issues that he had going on. He actually addressed the Kotaku article prior to it actually launching. Yeah. He addressed the questions they asked him. They didn't ask him any questions directly about these issues. They asked him more about his situation. He was in between. He had to move his family to Louisiana yeah. uh, for personal reasons. He said very personal reasons. He had to move his family to Louisiana. He was taking flights back and forth. So he became that absent father which I think was used in one of the articles I read. He became that absent father figure. His leadership was no longer 100% within the studio because he had this distraction of whatever was happening with his family at the time and having to fly back and forth. Mm -hmm. So there was, they, a lot of people also felt that it kind of lost that, that, that it lost the continuity within the studio, right? That, 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 that focus was no longer there because the owner was no longer around like he used to be no longer solely focused on what was happening at the studio, but had this other stuff going on. Right. So that kind of led to this as well. So I think it was simmering when Xbox purchased them. And then as a new owner, right. As Xbox is, I'm sure that they had talked to people. I'm sure they had done their due diligence, but nobody was really speaking out about this stuff at the time. Again, I didn't hear anything from any of these articles and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't hear anybody say, hey, when Microsoft showed up, we all told them exactly what was happening here and they no, blew us they off or they dismissed no, it. No, that's not what happened. No, the only thing I heard was the people saying, hey, at first when Xbox bought us, we were scared that they were going to come and change our culture. Yep. So on one side, you got people saying the culture had its issues, but in the next sentence, they were talking about how they were scared Xbox was going to come in and change the culture, which seem, makes it seem like some parts of it was good. So to me, it looks like Xbox came in, did their due diligence. Everything looked rosy. Everything looked like white picket fences. They right. didn't see, you know, they didn't see the dark corners. They didn't see the problems because people weren't really talking about it or it wasn't something that was generally known and so xbox said hey this is looking good you guys are doing great looks like you got a great setup um looks like you guys know exactly what you're doing we've seen this with xbox they buy studios who they know they can just leave in place and kind of let them do their thing mm -hmm. and be creative so xbox came in looked around said hey place looks great keep doing what you're doing let us know if you need anything right yeah that's what they've been doing and then all of a sudden now this stuff came about and people started talking and maybe it got to the boiling point where people finally started speaking out. Right. Well, then it seems like Xbox came back at that point mm -hmm. and talked to some people and then decisions were made, you know, as much as she wants to say it was just a part of restructuring timing wise, I would say it was a little bit more than restructuring that they kind of identified one of the main people involved in, in the problems and said, okay, we, we got to move on from you. And everybody kind of parted ways at that point. Right. And then the follow-up quotes tell me that things have gotten better, that Xbox at that point, when they found out that not everything was peachy keen, that then they went ahead and started applying their philosophy and their beliefs that Phil always talks about 
to undead labs. And that's why people talked about, hey, they've hired, they've made an effort to make some uh, diverse hirings to bring in some different culture into the studio. Um, And so that's what it seems like to me. It seems like this was growing pains more than anything else. Now, let's talk about the overall picture here and some of the things that we've been hearing out of certain studios and Microsoft's hands-off approach, which has been a big debate going on. Uh, again, I'll take right. the circus as I always do out of it. The circus has tried to run with this as, as Xbox has got culture problems, which yeah. we know for a fact, again, Phil has said it himself. Are they perfect? No, they're a gigantic organization with tons of people from tons of different places. These are human beings. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be issues. Yeah. But I think Xbox, they got voted as the best place to work or number ninth best place corporation to work for in the country out of these latest some of these uh surveys that that have been done this week that's a big deal but 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 they're doing they're making a concerted effort they're out front they're they're transparent about what they're doing within the organization to try to make sure they're doing the best they can right and i think that that's proven and it's had results but we do hear that this hands-off approach which to me is fantastic again Mm -hmm. When you purchase these established studios and they're running great or they seemingly are running great and they know what they're doing, yeah, I'm all for hands-off and letting them do what they're doing. But we have seen some, but that it's very dependent upon the leadership in place at those studios, right? When you got a Bethesda and you got a Todd Howard, you got a Pete Hines, bro, yeah, that's like, yeah, no, you guys go do your thing when you've got an obsidian who's been together for decades and they obviously have had leadership that has been stable there for a very long time and they seemingly know what they want to do. Great. Yeah, go do your thing. But when you've got some studios who may not have had that time together and then you've got leadership leave like we saw with rare right rare is not the same rare as no. old. And then you've got a place like Undead Labs where your founder also left, right? And he had already been kind of gone because he was doing this whole travel thing. And that was obviously known. And so you're you're leaving it in the hands of people who may not have the same leadership abilities. I think that there is a balance to find. And I think Xbox is figuring this out. They went from the Xbox of old days where we saw studios shut down and closed, closed, right? And, and and great creatives not able to do what they wanted to do because they were so hands-on to now we're on this side of things with Phil and his team saying, nope, you guys go do, we acquired you. We're just here to support you. Let us know if you need anything. We'll keep sending the checks, just make something, okay? Whatever it is, we trust you. We know it's gonna get done. Go ahead and make it. I think there is a balance and I think that's part of the growing pains that Xbox is going through right now. And I think that's something that Phil... Um, Again, Phil's the quarterback, Phil's the head. He is now CEO of Microsoft Gaming. So responsibility always falls on him. I talked about that last year um, leading up to the launch of 343 and, you know, even before or the launch of of Halo with 343 that, yes, accountability does have to go all the way to the top because Phil ultimately is in charge of who's leading these teams, right? He has a say in who is leading the teams and how it's structured. So ultimate him as a quarterback. Yes, he gets, 
He gets all the praise when things go right. And I know he doesn't like it, but he does. He gets more praise than he should when things are going right because there's more people involved. But he's also there to take more blame when things are going bad. So ultimately, it does fall on him. But Matt Booty, as the head of the studios, I think between Phil and Matt Booty, they have to sit down and really take a look at things. And we can throw the initiative in this as well. Again, there's a lot of questions that we'll never know answers to that fill in the blanks here. But just just taking the RTS view, the satellite view, and just overall looking, there is some dysfunction going on within certain studios with underneath the Xbox umbrella since they've acquired them. There is some issues um, they're having with leadership within those studios, keeping everybody focused and getting content put out in a timely fashion. We saw that with rare and ever wild and kind of this whole, we don't know what we're making. We're just making something. Okay. That's that to me does mean that there has to be with certain studios or certain situations more hands-on. I think Matt booty needs some help. I think they should create a secondary position to him or a actual side-by-side, a second person that is the head of studios so they can kind of split the teams up because I think Matt Booty might be a little bit overwhelmed. Again, I'm I'm speaking out of school here. I have no idea, right? We we don't. But I'm just saying that I think that a little bit more hands-on with certain studios, making sure that they are functioning the right way and the most efficient way possible while allowing them to still be creative and do what they do best I think that has to be taken look at, uh, taken a look, take a look at that on a case by case basis and to avoid these situations from popping up in the future. So I think that that's something that probably Phil and him to his team are discussing. I think it's, if it's obvious to us, there's some issues again, without knowing all the inside baseball, without knowing all the inside stuff, maybe there's perfectly good valid reasons for why some of these things have happened. But if there's not, I'm sure Phil and his team are talking about and saying, look, we really, this has been great. We've set up this whole new philosophy with how we're going to handle our studios. It's working out fantastic. We've got examples of that, you know, with Tim Schaefer and his crew and Psychonauts 2. We've got, you know, Obsidian coming out and talking glowingly about how they love our hands-off approach. We got grounded out of that. That's worked out well. It worked out originally well with Rare in Sea of Thieves. We allowed them to continue to work on that game, do what they do best. And look, now we got a great game in Sea of Thieves. But lately, Rare, you know, with Everwild, is kind of showing some signs of not being all together. We need to start focusing on where those problems may be and really kind of get in there and say, hey, what's going on, guys? Okay, we we kind of let you guys be, but we're seeing some issues here. What's going on? What else do we need to do? And then take a real look at the leadership teams and really find out maybe what's lacking there. Mm -hmm. And if changes need to be made, make those changes. If other people need to be maybe brought in to refocus the team, kind of like they did with 343 and Joseph Staten, do that. You know, there's plenty of ways to go about this, but I think that, yes, I think that this is a this is a new kind of era for Xbox. They've made all these purchases. They now have more talent, more teams than they ever had before. And they're certainly going to need to, in certain instances, take a different approach because not everybody's the same. Not every right. team's the same. Not every dev is the same. They're going to have to do with Activision Blizzard, brother. You know that for a fact. They can't 
acquire yeah. Activision Blizzard, no matter how many changes are made, they're not going to be able to acquire Activision Blizzard and say, you guys just get back to doing what you're doing. We're going to pull a couple teams off Call of Duty. We're not going to do a yearly release, but you guys, you guys are doing great. Just keep doing what you that's not, they are going to be in there. They're going to be observing. They are going to be making changes even once the acquisition is done. All of that is going to be hands-on. So they need to apply some of that to maybe some of these smaller teams and make sure they put out any fires before we get to this point where we have people exiting in mysterious manners, like the initiative, all these people exiting. Um, or before we get stories like this one from Kotaku saying, hey, not all is great in paradise, right? right. Even if it's even if it's not necessarily, I, I think <laughs> in that specific case, it wasn't Microsoft's fault. It wasn't, I think they they purchased studio they believed looked great from the outside. And when even when they got inside, it looked pretty dang clean and everything was running right. And they just kind of let it be, but then found out later on everything wasn't so clean. And I think that, you know, that's not Microsoft's fault. And I think they've addressed it with it, but I think they need to put some preventative measures in there. So in the future, they don't wind up with another situation like this specifically, or like rare, seemingly kind of adrift, lost without any type of real focus. Um, They do need to make sure of that because it all comes back to content steal. And right now they have so many teams, so much coming out. You can have these missteps. You can have a state of decay steal in pre-production, probably not going to see it till 2025 mm-hmm. at the earliest, maybe even 2026. That's fine because you got plenty of other games between here and there. That's it's not even going to be a blip on the radar outside of those, outside of those of us excited for the game. They're not, it's not going to be a blip on the radar. But you don't want that to snowball into a continuous problem. You want to have reliable studios who can put out regular content so that you can get your roadmap straight. So, you know, for the next five years, exactly how things are lining up so that you can go ahead and advertise market, all that good stuff and make sure that your subscribers and game pass are getting fed constantly. As you stated is the ultimate goal at the end of the day. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you on all the points you've made right there. Again, when you, when you have a big company, it's hard to see everything that's going on, especially when they've, again, when you consider Microsoft just went from five to seven studios to having over 30 studios, you know that there's a lot of work that needs to happen. Um, and it's a lot of people could be stretched in and stretched thin. And there's a lot of things that need to happen to um, make sure that everything is going to go smoothly. And a lot of the imperfect portions of a lot of that stuff is going to rear its head now, especially with it being under Microsoft. That is something that Microsoft is very good at. Always seemingly, no matter what, getting the negative news to come out after they make a move on something. It always it always happens, and why it could have been going on in the background, right? That's why people think that the whole Activision thing is just going is, is going to become worse or whatever the case may be. And it's like, uh, no, that that's not that's not the way things work. That's not how business works. But things do take time. You have to put good people in those positions. You have to see what the actual issue is. I know us on the outside again. We've all we've all we've all had jobs, right? For those who, who've had jobs, you know what upper management looks like. You as an employee cannot just walk into your boss's office and say, Hey, um, you need to do something different. 
your boss is going to look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? And who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Like, it, it doesn't work like that. You got to say something to him and Lord willing, you have a boss that actually listens to you and want, and values your opinion. So then he can go to his management and then they go to his management and then so on and so forth. You're talking about Microsoft. It's not a small company. You know what I mean? And so it's going to take time for things to get noticed. And it is unfortunate when you have these types of things happening in the background that you now being the face of it all have to deal with and you have to adjust and you have to change again you don't get voted number nine of the best the top 10 places to work well i think they actually did 100 did they do 100 or did they do top 10 i, believe it was, I can't remember yeah i, I remember just know either. they were like number nine overall either way, which is you don't which get, is ridiculous you don't for a company that top, big you don't get in the top 10 as big of a company you are and and we can say whatever all the surveys are people it's all modified and it was made to be like uh, maybe I, I don't know who knows to my understanding it's all based off of in off of surveys and everything that are completely anonymous um so if i was gonna base it off of just that you don't get there just for nothing so obviously something is working. They're taking that very seriously. We see that come out time and time again, that they value culture, that they are trying to change things, that they do want to be more dynamic. And we can only, time is going to be the thing that's going to tell. The, th the, the bad thing that Microsoft always has to deal with is they will always have a stigma against them, especially with being an American company. You're always going to have that stigma. What are you going to do to change that stigma? And as people use the boat reference, so if you use the restaurant, whatever, whatever you want to use, it takes time when you are a business, especially when you're a couple trillion dollar company. It's not talking about small, not talking about small monies. So I think things are going to be just fine. I think things are going to get adjusted again. We're already we're already having a time in a space to where dev talent is still hard to get. Um, there's a high need for for those for those guys out there, and it's also hard to get good talent. Not everybody's going to be good. Not everybody's going to be good in that position, as we're coming to find out. And uh, it it's unfortunate, but it also g keeps me hopeful. Because I do see things moving in that right direction, right? It's going to be exciting to see what the future is going to hold and then uh, just kind of go from there. And again, if, if it continues to go on, we'll continue to speak on it. Just like we had with the whole Activision thing. Every time, every time something came up or with Ubisoft or with anybody, PlayStation, when, they, when those things come up, we're going to speak on them because they are important things. Nobody should be getting, should have to deal with being discriminated against. Nobody should have to deal with sexism. Nobody, nobody should have to deal with those things. But they are a part of reality. And as long as we be vocal about it, that's the best thing that we can do. So um with that um the only real other thing that um that i really that i not really touched on because it's kind of quick um because i kind of seen this this ball kind of moving this way anyway is the whole xbox family plan thing it wasn't a big thing um jess corden came out of windows central shout out to jess corden uh, again 
inside of knowledge. He's tied. He has a lot of ties to a lot of different places, gets good information. So definitely follow him on Twitter if you can. Um, and also set out the window central. They do excellent content, always honest. And at least from what I think, but apparently Microsoft is in full, in full swing for putting out a family plan for, for game pass. Um, I think this is this is an amazing thing. Again, there's situations like mine where uh, me and my wife play Xbox. Uh, well, we play online. I should say overall. Uh, my kids play online overall, and it would be really dope if we had something in place to where I didn't have to pay for a few different descript- uh, subscriptions or whatever the case might be for everybody to get access. Um, I know I, I did see some people saying, oh, how's it going to work? It's going to be hard to kind of figure out. I could definitely see them doing something similar to Netflix. Um, I do think that they do should approach it from um, the avenue of kind of doing it per screen. Kind of like what any of the other services do where you have to sign, like it only allows you to do it on so many devices, like limiting the amount of devices that you could do it on. So three, four, whatever that limit it is, it's probably going to be like four or five. I think that'd be really dope. Uh, just because at least at that point, it, it just gives you another piece of value. Um, and to hear that it is finally coming, it, it is it is exciting news. Uh, again, I don't feel too many ways about it. Um, I will kind of break down the article that was brought out by uh, Windows Central. Again, shout out to Jess Corden. Um, it says, in the What You Need to Know section, Xbox Game Pass is Microsoft's Netflix-like subscription, providing access to hundreds of games for a relatively low cost. Uh, one way in which it's not like Netflix is the lack of a family plan, allowing you to attach additional costs, uh, additional accounts to the sub- one subscription. That is all set to change as we exclusively confirm plans for, for an Xbox Game Pass family plan that's, um, as one is moving ahead. So, again, they're trying to plug a gap. That's basically what this entire article kind of goes over, that they are now actively looking into it. I can guarantee you this is something that they've been trying to get a handle of. They were just trying to figure out what way is going to be the best. Right now, you do have a, um, a, a way to game share where you and a buddy, like, say, let's say me and my brother right now, we game share. So... If we want to go half on games, good. If I buy game at full price, great. Just like Tiny Tina. I bought Tiny Tina, boom. My brother has full access to the game also. Um, I said his Xbox is my home Xbox, and my home Xbox is his Xbox. And that's kind of how that works. The family plan is going to kind of alleviate that to make it a little bit easier um, so you could have it on multiple devices. Um, as far as pricing goes, I do see it probably falling in around the 30 maybe $40 range, depending on how many de- devices they end up allowing you to access. Um, now, um, I heard Jeff Grubb talk about it a little bit last night, shout out to him, um, that, yeah, it can be something that can be taken advantage of again, um, where you have multiple people who are invested and you all pitch in, but at the end of the day, you're not doing nothing but causing more attention to the service, more people, more engagement. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, personally, again, I don't think that this is, this is definitely something I think they've been working on in the background. They were just trying to hammer out what was going to be the best way. Uh, again, I do definitely see it being around the 30, maybe $40 range. Um, 
just for convenience and it's just going to depend on how many screens uh again i don't have much else on it other than that pong what do you think about the whole family plan finally coming to fruition um although we still do not have a date on it or when it's going to end up being put into motion yeah i know it's a long time coming uh this is actually a big deal to a lot of people in this community uh shout out to fun speculation who's just up there shout out to you mav hey. um it's huge for his household it's huge for fuzzy belvedere's household who uh, uh, has four, I believe, four ultimate subscriptions. Damn. Look, this is a big deal to a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. It doesn't affect me, obviously, right? It never it never would have. I never had that big of a family uh, that needed, uh, you know, that had that many gamers in the household. Right. But what Jez is talking about, Steel, goes beyond that. And Microsoft knows, Xbox knows this. Again, um, Jez and Aaron Rand talked about this on the Xbox 2 and and he just pointed out that that's one of the biggest hangups. They've wanted to do this for a long time. Yeah, you look at if you look at Microsoft. Look, they've got they've got Office family subscriptions. They've had Office family. That's what they do. Their yeah. services and subscriptions, right? They yeah. understand what they're doing here. The problem being is that with gaming and it's with hard. Game Pass, it's so much more complicated because they're paying developers based upon engagement. Yeah. They're paying developers based upon downloads, right? And some of the some of their contracts. Again, every contract is different. Phil's talked about that. Right. But there, I'm sure there's certain languages, certain metrics that they use to make these contracts. Well, when you start handing out Game Pass subscriptions underneath a reduced discounted price, a heavily reduced discounted right. price, you got to kind of figure that stuff out and how you're going to work that how you're going to eat it and i'm sure microsoft is going to eat a lot of cost again. in the again in the name of pushing forward game pass and subscribers because it's going to elevate certain numbers for them or has the potential to elevate mind certain share. numbers you see what netflix like, and disney does mind sure and i was just going to say net that's why netflix has been so hesitant to crack down on all the password sharing because at the end of the day, when they release how many subscribers they have and they're taking individual IP addresses involved in that, well, a big chunk of that number is going to be password sharing. And to wipe that out is going to look like they just lost a large portion of their subscriber base, right? right. So, Everybody plays with the numbers. Everybody has fun with the numbers. Right. There's a lot of, you know, game playing Great going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is right when it comes to subscriber base. Right. So I'm sure there was a lot of complex discussions in the background, how this was all going to work out, especially if what Jez is saying is going to come to fruition, that this isn't just household based, that this is within the same country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was. That's what I automatically assumed, anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Xbox understands what's going to happen. You're going to have groups of friends get together, not family, not same household. Groups of friends across the country and say, "Hey, let's all just split the cost because it's all going to save us a boatload of money each month." Right? They understand that. However, it does have the potential to open this up where their subscriber base could grow exponentially because all of a sudden a buddy who has xbox ultimate who does games sometimes with another guy who maybe playstation main but xbox sometimes but all of a sudden they want to play a game together a multiplayer game and the dude goes well i've got xbox ultimate i can just sign up for family plan if you want to hop on we'll share the cost i'll get you in right and just signs them up it's going to be that simple according to jez you're just going to need a gamer tag or you need an email address just like they do with office well, next thing you know, now you got another subscriber. Right. 
quote unquote. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, what's going to help Microsoft and Xbox at the end of the day, but this was complex, but this is a long time coming. This yeah. is going to help out legitimately help out a ton of people in the community who do have a lot of gamers in the same household who right now are subscribing three, four, five ultimate subscriptions or just regular game pass subscriptions. That's a lot of money, yeah. right? That's a lot of money. So if they can do this and they can bring it in at a price point, we were kind of going back and forth on this on Xbox ultimate. I think with the additional costs that are involved with the third party deals that they have in place, I don't think it'll go as low as the 20s. I think it will be somewhere between 30 and 35. And I think that that would be a fair price um, for what they're offering. Um, but yeah, long time coming. This is something the community has been asking for. It's something that, again, at the end of the day, just adds value. Yeah. At the end of the day, no matter what you want to say, hey, Microsoft is ahead of the curve. Xbox is ahead of the curve on this stuff, being able to offer not only the value that they're giving us individually, but now being able to share it with the family at a reduced cost. Bro, that's huge, man. And again, we're not even talking about the friend groups that are going to be out there doing this. (laughs) It's one of those things. It it is... Again, that, that's why I kept touching on the fact exactly what you said. This isn't something that's new. This is Microsoft's MO. Like, this is what they do, services. Yep. So you know that they have been working for a while to figure out what is going to work for them as far as establishing a family plan for their gaming console. <laughs> Especially now, within the last four years, that they started fully supporting it. Exactly. And they still are having issues internally fighting with each other on some of these ideas. So it's like there's a lot that goes into these things. It's exciting to hear. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen, come out of it again. It can be taken advantage of, but at the same time, in the name of subscribers are getting their subscription base up on the name of getting that brand in your head, getting that brand, lo- not brand loyalty, but... um. Just getting people to think about what you're doing. It, mind share. Mind share. When, they think of, when they think of Xbox, yes, they start exactly. thinking of value. They exactly. start thinking of the overwhelming value that they're going to get out of it no matter what they do. Unless you are, again, that one type of gamer who plays Madden and Call of Duty, and that's all you play every single year. Outside of that, any kind of family with kids who have all different kinds of likes, interests, etc. when it comes to video games to be able to set them up with one or two S's come this holiday at a reduced $250 sales point, which I believe they're going to do this holiday, 250 bucks. And then you can go get a family plan of Xbox ultimate for your entire family where you're gaming on your series X, bro, you can't, there's no better value in gaming and hasn't been ever in in, in terms of what they're giving you upfront. So Facts. Uh, Nick says new family plan members will get an exclusive limited edition seafood master chief <laughs> theme wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be uh, that's gonna be my first NFT, Nick. Uh, Wouldn't that be fantastic if when if seafood does, which we believe it will eventually come to Xbox, it's a timed exclusive, is what we think it is. If it does, wouldn't that be great if Microsoft worked with the modder? And put and this actually drop the skin and, and, and the seafood devs and, and made it official as one of the skins, bro. I, 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 bro, with all the skins that they have on there, they got Daredevil, they got Batman, they got uh Red Hood, um, 
they have a lot of they have a lot of dope characters like you said neo from the matrix um they have a, they got the power rangers they've actually changed all the enemies to um power ranger enemies uh some of the bigger bosses from fucking power rangers and shit like that. they've done a lot and that's just super dope um Again, it's a very fine plane to play with. There's a reason people don't like playing with PC people because it does open the opportunity for hackers to come in and people to mod in dumb shit and auto aim. Um, these and these are all things that I've kind of dealt with for a long time. And I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. I do want it to happen again. You see it with Fallout, uh, where Bethesda is very welcoming with the modern modding community. They help them out a lot. Um, although that can be a kind of a double-edged sword where you, cause people also feel like the modding community fixes their games and that shouldn't necessarily be the case either. Right. So, um, but it just, it just opens up so much potential. That's the other interesting thing about the future for me, seeing the way, like you brought up guilty gear strive earlier. Um, just seeing how well things have evolved man like before you used yeah. to be able to tell like oh man yeah. they just dropped this shit in here and it works yeah it was janky yeah, whatever yeah. else yeah. some now, of it was cool now, now it's like it's built into the game right. and uh people did it with tekken like with tekken 7 people dropped elden ring characters in tekken and yeah. that's a whole nother thing the tekken dev people were going at the tekken dev for saying whatever um saying that he doesn't like modders putting characters in games and that's not what he said he just doesn't he doesn't like when when people complain about the issues that it creates right and that was the point that he was getting at and i 100 percent understand that because it's not up to him because what happens is because this is what he was speaking to is that modders create these characters they drop it into these games and then people hit up the devs for those games to fix the problems in a game that's not theirs no no that's... use at your own risk that's what modding is use at your own risk some it's of it's exactly. going to be great some of it's not that's why i support companies like bethesda who embrace the modding community because that adds an extra layer of um of uh assurance that the mods you are getting from the official bethesda store for skyrim or whatever are going to work properly and they're going to be good not to say that there isn't some good ones outside of that but I just like that because people then step up their games as modders right. to make sure that they get a mod that people are going to want to play. That's not broken. Where it's just not the wild, wild West out there where everybody's just throwing stuff in there right. just to throw stuff in there. Right. That that's, that's what I like and appreciate. And that's Phil said that he would like to have more modding on consoles available. And I hope that with the acquisition of Zenimax and he can, you know, again, him and Todd talk all the time, they're friends, but he can really get down with Bethesda and figure out how they made that all work and then get, them to say hey this is how you could do it effectively and expand it on the console even beyond what you already offered because we did get bethesda mods yeah. um you know on the console very early on i yeah. think going back to oblivion days i think you mm -hmm. could get some mods so i think that them working hand in hand could actually make it more available for other games as well and i'm, I'm excited for that future uh jacob um i'm not going to speak on any one particular person let me just tell you this when it comes to sony rumors do uh, not uh, look there's not even a dump truck there's not enough dump trucks in the entire world with filled with salt for uh, any sony rumors any sony insiders nothing anybody has ever said beyond a very 
blanket statement like Sony's going to do something big, you can trust no Sony insider, quote unquote, or Sony rumor out there. There is no Sony. Sony is extremely locked down with their leaks. Nothing gets out of Sony. That has been going on for a very long time. And you don't have to listen to me. You can go listen to Randall Thor. You can listen to actual Xbox insiders. The only person out there who has seemingly found a crack in Sony, and it's a very tiny crack in which he gets a nugget here and there, very few far between, which is accurate, is Special Nick. He's the only one out there that seemingly has been able to find even a drip coming out of Sony. And it's, 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 it's not often, but he has hit on a couple things over the past couple of years for, from Sony here and there that have turned out to be correct. But again, yeah. when it comes to Sony leaks, trust nothing. Nobody has ever been correct about Sony leaks outside of special Nick very infrequently. So, yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, it's whatever. And again, Sony does really well about that kind of stuff. That's again not yeah. another unique thing about Sony. They are able to yeah. keep a lot of that things internal, uh, which is dope, man. Um, I do wish that for that for for Xbox too. They were able to do that, but it's kind of again it's a double edged sword. Another representation of how they do things differently. Um, yep. Xbox has always prided itself on being a little bit on being more vocal, um, talking to its consumers and wanting to give them things and make sure they understand kind of what's going on. Um, just support them the best. And Sony has always been good at keeping things internal and dropping those bombs on you and then right. making you want whatever they were they were pitching. So yeah. it's always I, I would expect something. I would expect something from Sony. They've already come out again and said they're not done buying, which is a fact. We know that everybody's buying right now and we're going to see more purchases. But I would expect outside of the obvious ones that do make the most sense for Sony with partners and stuff, people that they've worked with, mm -hmm. not from software, but like a square Enix or something like that. I would definitely look to something unexpected uh, like a CD project red um, for Sony to make a big splash because of what Microsoft has done, locking down Western RPGs. Do not doubt for a minute that Herman and Jim aren't aware of their lack of Western RPGs right now and how big and popular and engaging those games are, again, for their service going forward. CD Projekt Red, even though they're, again, say what you want to say after Cyberpunk, they are on a downswing just because of what happened with Cyberpunk. But again, for me, they're still on the top of their game. They got Witcher, the new Witcher they announced. That would be an acquisition that would make waves and is a acquisition that makes sense for Sony in a lot of different ways. That would that would be one I would be keeping my eye on. Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree. Yeah. All right. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for those who are still here. Um, but to wrap things up, we do have to do do have to get into the this day in gaming segment um, where we go over the past 30 years in gaming and see where we have come because gaming is art and should be treated as such, otherwise known as the make Pong feel old section. So hopefully you guys are tuned in for that. Again, um, I do want to thank you all for being here. Um, it's an amazing thing to see the community's involvement. Um, the fact that you guys are still have a conversation with us kind of going up and down. Um, it's great, man, and I greatly appreciate that. 
And um, hopefully you guys appreciate the passion. Hopefully you appreciate the angles that we came from. Again, I've heard a lot of different, I have a few different conversations this week. Haven't been able to tune into a lot, but I do still think that again, we, we try to come in a different angle all the time. Um, I want to always come from the perspective of being a gamer. It's not about a side. It's not about whatever, whatever preference you have. It's just about being a gamer because that's what this is about. Um, nothing deeper than that or whatever the case may be whatever you find enjoyment in find enjoyment in that play what you love love what you play like pong always says um let's get into these up let's get into this uh this day in gaming man uh let's see here all right so i'm gonna have to obviously adjust some of the window capture shit because apparently it doesn't know what we're looking at. That's fine. What are you doing, Steel? <laughs> uh, the fucking this day in gaming page was, um, it wasn't popping up. So I had to bring it back up. <laughs> All right. So on this day in gaming, we are starting in 1986. Paul, what were you doing to the people in 1986, man? 1986, I would have been 11 years old in 1986, so I was enjoying myself immensely as a kid, man. I was still playing outside and getting some gaming in at the same time, of course, on probably, what, the NES at that point? So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a good time to be alive. Good time to be alive. There you go. All right. And again... This is not here to make you guys feel old, but um, the biggest thing for me, and I guess why, is. why yeah. I decided to do this, or really why me and Paul decided to do this, is because when you started to go look at the, some of these older games, you re- start reminiscing on them, and then you go play a, a Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, or you go play Elden Ring, or you go play any any other game that you like to jump into, a Halo even, um, you get to start really appreciating what gaming is really about and what gaming really is again uh the fact that these people these devs are spending <laughs> Vic. <laughs> Vic goes Vic i was swimming was, a lot oh 1986 <laughs> hey Vic, me too man i wasn't even thought of man don't worry i <laughs> uh, was not even thought of i'm pretty sure uh having a kid was a uh, sounded like a good idea at the time but uh, i wasn't even thought of um <laughs> All right. So 1986, the NES released Tag Team Wrestling. I've played that game actually. That's it's funny. Yes. It's a that good, was amazing. It's a really good game, yeah. Uh 1993, Super Nintendo released Aerobiz Supersonic in Japan. And then the Sega CD released Final Fight CD in Japan. Um, then in 1994, Super Nintendo released Final Fantasy III in Japan. Uh, then we move on forward to the 1998. PlayStation released uh, Brigandine or Brigadine. Doesn't sound familiar. Then you have the Saturn that released Dragon Force II, Himisarishi Daichi Ni in Japan. Probably butchered Dragon the Force, one of the greatest games put out on Saturn. Strategy RPG controlling armies that you built up of different uh, mythical creatures. Uh, oh, sure. Absolutely incredible game. One of the uh, one of the rarest games on Saturn. Uh, I sold mine, uh, my Dragon Force one 
Uh, and this was prior to retro gaming blowing up all over uh, during the pandemic, uh, which I missed it by about a year when I sold my Saturn games. But I sold my my Dragon Force um, used, obviously not sealed for 150, I think. So, okay. yeah, amazing, amazing game, amazing game, really fun. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. yeah, you definitely made a good little little bit off of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, then uh, in 1998, the Saturn also released Sega Ages Fantasy Star Collection. Shout out to Fantasy Star and how long no, it's been. Shout around. out to Fantasy Star. Even, even though I don't I agree them. with any of the shit they're doing right now, but no, there. no, but their original RPGs when they were just yeah. an RPG, dude, awesome, just great game, 100. Uh, then PlayStation in 1998 released Uno. Sounds familiar, but huge game, huge game, uh, classic, been around forever. Don't undersell Uno. Hundred percent, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, what it's Uno, the card game. Is it the card game really? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, it is Uno. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, hey, it could have been a different game. It could have been a different game. Uno's Uno is Uno is a dope game. They released that yeah. in Japan on PlayStation. That's that's crazy. Shout out to the old Uno, uh, the old uh, Uno with Connect uh, debacles uh, on Xbox 360. Shout out, shout out to the uh, After Dark Uno that used to go. See, on. I never, I never play, I never played <laughs> Uno. I never played Uno like digitally until like Xbox 360. That's I, what I'm saying. Three sixty. I only knew Uno as a car game. That's why I was I like could not, Uno. I'm assuming something else. It it got to the <laughs> point on the three sixty where I could not let my kiddo log into Uno. Bro, it was dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie to you. Those, bro, spades. Spades was fun uh, on the X. Oh, on that three sixty. Um, that that was the same thing though. It was any of those games, especially with the webcam and everything, bro. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, bro. Oh my uh, god! It, it was it was a it was a great it was a great time. It was a great time. Um, then in 2004, PC released Colin McRae Rally 04. Again, some of the best dirt racing. Colin McRae. I feel like dirt race the dirt racing genre hasn't necessarily been the same. Although I do feel like Horizon definitely touches on those notes pretty well. Um, it doesn't it, it makes it really enjoyable. So um again, they're probably the closest. I haven't played a specific dirt rally racing game in a long time, but good game. Uh speaking of Lego Star Wars, again, that yeah, is releasing. Perfect this timing week. for the upcoming games, man. Perfect. Uh, that is releasing this week. So shout out to Lego Star Wars. Um 2005 PlayStation 2 released Lego Star Wars. Uh, then in 2007, PC released Audition Online. I, I, I what were you auditioning for? I, 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 I don't want to know. I kind of don't huh? want to know. I kind of don't want to know. You sure? Was it Couch Auditions? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was an action rhythm dancing game. Oh, yeah. I guess you could call it Couch Auditions yeah, an action yeah, yeah, yeah. rhythm game. Yeah, <laughs> this is probably gonna be another one that's gonna be good for you. Um, the in 2008, the PSP released Star Ocean Second Evolution. Oh, great series, great series. Can't wait till that new one comes out this year. This is coming to Xbox. I know it's not getting the AAA production, but uh, Triforce is an underrated studio who should be picked up by somebody who's going to give them the resources to make AAA games because they do make great RPGs. I'd love to see that happen, but 100%. still looking forward to the new one. Um, fun speculation says Long Dong Pong's uh, nickname yeah. came from the my first time playing Uno with Pong in the 360. 
It definitely would have been long dong had that been the case. Let me tell you. Uh, anyways, continue. <laughs> oh, y'all are so fucking terrible. Oh, um, 2013. Why does Xbox Ultimate Crew got to come in here and take us left? I, I, hey, ain't nothing, nothing wrong with it. You know, I, you know, I like that. I love shit. you guys. You know, uh, I like it when we get nasty. Yeah. Um, then in 2013, PlayStation 3 released Defiance. Uh, that is actually sounds like a, like a pretty familiar game. Um, I didn't end up playing that though, as I wasn't I wasn't invested in the PlayStation Three at all. Um, I did get it on the back end again when Last of Us came out. Um, that was the only game that I played on PlayStation Three, and again that was because of the multiplayer. But of course. Um, then also on PlayStation Three, you had Ninja Gaiden Three: Razor's Edge that also re- released on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. South Ninja Gaiden. Um, I really want to see that come back. Um, again, I still need to get through the Ninja Gaiden Two and Three that uh, that I was playing. Um, just I don't know if I'm end up going back to it now. God, I'd rather play fucking jump into Sekiro, which I still need to jump into. Um, Still got it on the back end. Whoa, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I don't remember. <laughs> Pause. Don't be whoa, spread don't be spreading Steel's private life in the chat, Kate. Hey, I, nah, nah, I don't I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't I don't get down like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm nasty, not that nasty. Um all right, then in 2015, 3DS released Box Boy. All right. Um, then in 2015, uh, PlayStation 3 released Die 3 G Super Robot Tizen Z Tengoku Hin in Japan. If there has ever been Yo. a Steel Rain game, that is a Steel Rain game right there. Is it? Period. Super Robot Tizen Z? Yeah. Yeah, it's a robot fighting game. We're your mechs. I'm about, to, I'm about to look into that. I might play. I might, I, <laughs> if I remember I'm correctly. To, I'm about to play that through emulation. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say that you had imported that one as well. No, I, I actually hadn't played okay. that game. Oh, okay. All right. Again, it was on PlayStation 3, so it's like, ah. Um, and especially with the timing of when PlayStation 3 came out. Yeah, either way. Um, playing games competitively at that point. Um, and then in 2015, uh, PlayStation 4 released Earth Defense Force 4.1, The Shadow of New Despair. So much fun. Yeah, just pure fun. Yeah, me me and my kiddo had so much fun on the first Earth Defense Force, bro. Cheesy as all get out. It's like watching the worst B sci-fi flick you've ever watched in your entire life. But there's just something cool about the cheesiness, man. Shooting big giant alien ants and stuff, man. It just yeah. <laughs> it definitely, it definitely was a good, definitely good. It was a good time. Um, then in 2015, 3DS released Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. Shot to Xenoblade. That's another one. I think Xenoblade's actually a mech game too. Um, tried to play it once through emulation, and it just it didn't carry over well for me. Um, then in 2018, PC released the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim VR. Sorry, as my the carpenter underneath me is fucking. Oh, nice. Rolled up for whatever reason. <laughs> then in 2019, another great uh, series that I always enjoy. I haven't played the most recent one. Actually, I played about, I think I played probably halfway into it. Uh, and then I jumped into something else. It's the way it happens. Um, they released, uh, Nintendo Switch released Darksiders Ward Mastered Edition. I love all the Darksiders games, man. Yep. Um, I love those, I those worlds. Back. I love those stories. I love how they bring those characters to life. Um, Oh, yeah, even the, even the action one, the top-down action uh, role-playing yeah. game was actually good, too. Uh, I actually really enjoyed that. It was good stuff. 
No, hundred percent. I love uh, I love what Darksiders brings. Then um, PlayStation Four released in two thousand nineteen. Power Rangers Battle of for the Grid. It was actually a, it's a pretty decent fighting game. Don't lie. And then PlayStation Four released Sword and Fairy Six. Let's say I know that series. Huh. Then in 2021, iOS released uh, Fantasian. I don't know if that's a play on Fantasia at all, but maybe it probably is. And then in 2021, PC released Legends of Eidolon MMO. Eldeon, uh, if I'm saying it right. Eidolon. I, I haven't touched. I don't think I've. I haven't touched this this game. I've heard of it, but I'm. I haven't touched it, and I probably wouldn't. I'm very picky when it comes to. It. But. With that being said, that is your This Day in Gaming segment. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to thank you again for enjoying your morning, early afternoon with us. Um, man, again, me and Paul do it over four hours of content, giving you that live, raw, and uncut passion that we always do um, in an organic nation, also just keeping it authentic to us. Um, just being honest, man. Again, um, from statements from what, what we said earlier, uh, again, recognize who you are as a gamer. Um, definitely resting, don't necessarily rest in your laurels, um, but find people who are of similar opinion and also be open to other opinions. Um, again, the whole point of this con- these conversations that we have is the, the best parts about it are the debates, are when the disagreements, are when we can kind of open up the conversation, because then that we can have different things to talk about. Um, again, if we agreed on everything, then it, it wouldn't necessarily be fun, but at the same time, um, everybody has a different perspective to come from, and we all don't have to agree. We can always ad- agree to disagree. We don't have to attack each other over over opinions or whatever the case may be. Now, if you don't agree with somebody's takes or you just feel like that's just not the same headspace you're in, that's something that you just have to acknowledge and move on with. That's life, man. Um, <laughs> like, even in life, you not everyone is for everybody. Just like every game isn't for everybody. Or every game, I should say, is for every gamer in that aspect. So just keep that in mind. Um, much love to everybody. Thank you for being here. Again, you can find me, if it has a search bar, I, still Rain, I, the T is a 7. Look me up, man. Twitter, Facebook, Xbox, PC, whatever it may be. Um, let's chop it up. Let's get some gaming in. And yeah, just go from there. Other than that, every Saturday morning, living split screen is going to be right here. 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time. Again, give you that uncut passion that only me and Pong can bring you. With that said, Pong, appreciate you for being on the show again today, man. Um, We've been doing this 50 episodes strong, going into almost a year. 52 episodes is right around the corner, two weeks away, man. Um, It's been a fantastic journey with you so far. Um, I can see you to look towards the future. It gets me excited every time that we sit down here, no matter what I've dealt throughout the week. Um, this just helps ground me right back into what I enjoy um, and how it just helps ground, ground my life and everything. And um, me and you both are going through different things in the background. We're constantly working on ourselves uh, to help build ourselves into the people that we want to be. But again, being able to sit down here with you, brother, is 
Um, it's the best part of my week every time, and I get excited every time that we're able to do this, especially um, we just happen to pass time like it's nothing. And it's crazy that our game, like what transfers, what we have in our gaming session transfers over into um, the podcast situation, and it, it feels just the same, and that's such a unique thing. So, um, yeah, man, leave the people to victory. Let them know where they can find you, and uh, nothing but love, team. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Uh, ditto on all that. Uh, no, it's fantastic to be here. Like you said, Steel, not only just to talk about gaming, but this is a another form of release, just like video gaming is uh, with the week uh, coming to a close and us both being extremely busy. Man, getting in here, talking to you, but also interacting with the amazing people that have been showing up here. Yes. Some of you have been showing up here since day one. episode one. Yeah. Um, and then all the new people showing up in here and joining our community as well. If anything, steel, we have been nothing but consistent for this 50, for these 50 episodes. Yeah. And we have built a consistent community. We want to keep reaching more people, but at the end of the day, we want the good people in here. We want the people who enjoy us for what we do, which again, three plus hours. I know for some people, some people would tell us we're crazy for doing this. I've heard this numerous times for pe big people in this community who tell us we are crazy for doing this. This is not the way you should do it. But look, this is what Steele and I came here to do. Uh, we have a passion for it. We found a group of people who also are just as passionate as we are. So thank you all for being here with us, whether it's episode one that you started with us or with, whether you just jumped in here today as your first episode, we don't care. We love you all the same. Thank you for being here and giving us, you know, something to talk about as well. As we talk and talk and talk, as you can see, we engage with you guys as well. And we love doing that. So thank you all. Nothing but love and respect each and every one of you, especially steel, you on the back end, all the stuff you do behind the scenes on top of your regular life, on top of your family, handling all the technical side of things, coming up with the creative creation of what you see on the screen, all that stuff goes into it. Steel does that just out of pure love for what we do here. I appreciate you, brother, uh, nonstop for that. So thank you. Great Saturday, episode 50 in the books, living split screen yet again. We will be back next week. Look. Find me Pong Soul, Xbox, Twitter. I'm not as active as I've been. It's actually going even further the other way because of work stuff. Um, I'm not able to get on during the day like I used to, but I try to keep up with everything that's going on. I try to, uh, somebody reaches out, I'm going to reach out back to right. you. It's not always going to be timely, but I will get back to you. But anyways, follow me on both of those spots. Find me on the Shop Podcast tonight, PTK Blam's channel. P Again, another great show, great community Good member job. who deserves more viewers. He only does one show a week as well, which is always tough, but he's been doing it for over five years. Dude knows what he's talking about. Him, myself, Fuzzy Belvedere, and tonight we have now the world-famous Halo actor, from the TV show K Asante on tonight. That's right. If you guys you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, you gotta you don't know what I'm talking about. Look up K Asante. Him and Everborn do their show alongside ours in the yeah. morning, although they don't they don't go for as long as we do. But anyways, go look up K Asante. It's hilarious how much he looks like. I forget the actor's actual name. Yeah, uh, but he's gonna be K Asante. <laughs> K Asante. <laughs> but he's gonna be on the show tonight. So we're gonna have a great conversation. K Asante is an amazing member of this community. 
Dude knows his business as well. So we're going to have great conversations. Shop podcast tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Uh, and then Tuesday, I will be back for the Xbox Factor podcast this week, unless something drastic changes. So check me out there along with Mav when he is available, Boxenberger, Mr. Joanna Dark, VJ, and of course, Boom, the man himself. He dropped in here earlier. Yes. Boom, I don't know if you're Shout still listening, but... But Boom, Boom spreads our show out throughout the week. He breaks it up whenever he's doing chores. But uh, anyways, join us, Xbox Factor Podcast, over on Double Barrel Gaming, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time, p.m. in the p.m. God willing, we'll be back this week. For those of you that join Mav and myself on Thursday nights, I apologize. This week was my deal. Again, work is work. Can't do anything about it. Got to pay the bills. So real life is what it is. Um, but we will be back this week, p.m. in the p.m., 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. Great show, just like this, two-man format most of the time. We have had guests there, but Mav and I just deep dive uh, some topics for two, two and a half, sometimes three hours. Join us over there, Fun Speculations, the channel, of course. And then Friday nights, back at it over on Fun Speculation for Xbox Ultimate. We had a great show last night. Xbox OB showed up. Um, and of course, Mr. Joanna Dark was also a guest and we had a great time last night talking everything. So please join us there. 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time, Friday nights. Otherwise, it is the golden age of gaming people. Please understand that it is spreading. People are starting to realize what a great time it is to be a gamer. I can't believe it's taken people this long, but here we are. It's the golden age. So please get out there. Enjoy it. Don't let people steal that joy. Don't pe let people bring you down. Again, at, at, if you can't deal with it, a lot like me, I've been sick and tired of my timeline looking the way it was, my feed looking the way it was. I've just been muting and blocking. Get rid of it. Just be done with it. It's not worth it. This is a hobby. This is entertainment. This is what we love. Continue to love it and keep that energy around you in that mode because that brings even more and more. Again, whatever you put out, we'll come back to you. Anyways, play what you love, love what you pay. I'll talk to y'all real soon. Steel in the show. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all stay easy. Enjoy yourself for the rest of the afternoon, as I know we will as we get into some gaming. Um, yeah, and y'all stay easy, man. Let the guys be with y'all. Much love. See y'all on episode 51 of the Living Split Screen Morning Show next Saturday morning. Peace!